Hello, and welcome to episode 116 of Flicks in the Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, and today it dawned on me that none of my current endeavors require pants. With me, forever and always, the man, the myth, the so metaphorical Alessandro Bielsi. Say hello. I'm so mad at you because my intro was, wow, this is so metaphorical. Ah, <laughs> nailed it. See, we're on the same page. It's going to be a good episode. <laughs> on now, this I week's do have a question before you get to that. Oh, yeah. Did you decide to become the other half of me and not wear pants for this recording? No, I I was just, I don't know what, I don't know what happened. I was, I was writing notes for the show and I was like, huh. I, and I don't know why it it popped into my head, but I guess it was, I probably was thinking about the fact that you don't wear a shirt, but I was like, I don't have to wear a pants. Nobody would know. Yeah. And then it dawned on me like, that's, that's also the case for my work. For the yeah. past, like, five or six years. Yeah. Uh, now, I wear pants, but do you? you don't know. There's no proof of that. There's no proof. From There's now no on, proof. I'm just going to assume that you do all of your work shirted, but without pants. The thing is, even if I were to stand, you still wouldn't know. Because of the way it's all angled and set up, I would have to walk back to the end of the... No, if you stood, I would know. You think so? Uh, just based on what I can tell. Uh, the cutoff is very close. I don't know if it is. Yeah, I mean, like, I could see, like, just below now, belly now, button, but above waist. Yeah. 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 Like, I could, when when you originally stood up, I could see below belly button, but above waist. But a nice, a nice button down, which, I mean, let's be serious, I'm not wearing that either. Uh, <laughs> but you would, it would cover most, it would cover. I mean, let's just be honest, you might as well wear a robe. Uh, I should wear a robe. Yeah. Uh, I don't own one. It might be worth <laughs> it just for one day. Some anniversary episode. Now I know what episode. you're doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some anniversary. I'll just like swipe from from a hotel, like one of those. Just re- oh man, we used to go to this hotel. Wow, we are off the rails. We used to go to this hotel in DC. Uh, I God, I can't remember what it was called, but they had the wackiest, like funkiest rooms, and there were these. Ro- <laughs> there was one time I went in my. I had a zebra robe in my closet, and another time it was a cheetah robe. Nice. It was it was ridiculous. I, I put one of them on and took a picture. Um, yeah. I'm sure ho- I hopefully, that. hopefully, no one has heard this intro and heard how unprofessional and ridiculous and off, off wildly hey. off base. Hey. and judges us. This is how we do. Uh, yeah. On this week's uh, episode, continue with your intro. <laughs> <laughs> on this week's episode, we have commercials for commercials, movies as musicals, shitty journalism, a sick and twisted fun and games, and other news and nuggets. All before diving into our flick of the week. Parasite. But first, Al, what are we drinking? I'm super excited for Funny Games this week, even though I'm going to forget it like I do 99.9% of the time. Oh, right. We do another segment. <laughs> yeah. I've done it every, every time. time except for one, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we're drinking Southern Tier Mango Crush Session Sour Ale. This ale is brewed with mango puree and milk sugar. All right. That is... Um, that is it, other than the 4% alcohol by volume. And th- that it's a seasonal beer from not this season. Uh, yeah, it's slightly out of season. Uh, for whatever reason, <laughs> this one has survived. This was not in the last care package I gave you. This was No, this has been that. in like the back left corner of the fridge for a while. Yeah, I think... Did you shut this one down one time when I suggested it, and that was part of the reason why it's been sitting around for a while? I don't think so. Like, this one is not on me. We've had old beers. Most of the time, it's yeah. been my fault. No. This one is not on me. You know what it is? The small can, it gets lost. It gets That's lost in the mix. Too. So, what are you going to do? It's, Let's find out I'm what lo- this one's all about, shall we? 
Yeah, sure. Cheers. Cheers. God, I just need to have something metal right nearby to make a just a nice clink. You know? Mm-hmm. A nice clink. Here we go. Sorry, I'm ignoring you, and I'm, I'm making sounds of pleasure at this beer. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, what also is good is you need to put down in your notes for a future episode to call me the sound of pleasure. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> this did this beer did some wonderful things when I drank it. Yeah, First I know, off, so I was making that sound. It was well, yeah. Uh, it made me feel nice. That was one. Uh, two, it it it, it smells amazing. Um, when it went back, I don't know if it was like a perfectly symmetrical pour into my mouth, but when it went back, all of the bubbles did this fancy little fan out back to the top, and it was like it was presenting <laughs> itself. <laughs> this is ridiculous. This this, this is, beer has has entered my palate with a flourish. It's installed <laughs> itself for sure. Oh yes, just like I am in this couch. Um, oh, this is really good. It smells delightful. I wouldn't have been able to tell from the smell that it was mango. But it's definitely no. fruity and sour on the nose. It's also got that that um, that mango smoothness that like I feel like the mouthfeel is coming from the mango. That's what it tastes. I like. don't think that's how beer works. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. But I'm gonna go with it because I know what you mean. That you know, good. It mango, tastes like biting into a mango, and that smooth and juicy, like fruity. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. You've got good mango when it <laughs> doesn't mango have meat. all those all those. <laughs> it doesn't have all those like thready like. Yeah. Things uh, when you have good mango, you know, it's almost like you could like, like just chew it like mashed potatoes. God, I'd rather I'd rather no fruit than than okay fruit. Oh yeah, Ugh, like a no. mealy apple. Oh, get that out no, of here. No. Really good, perfectly ripe fruit is underrated. Yeah, like a like a oh, like a really firm, like a really firm grape. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you know I'm a grape connoisseur in all of its forms. True. Um, how many times I've secretly been chewing on grapes over here um, while you're talking, um, and, and you've called me out on it too, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so. But uh, this is a delightful beer, oh, man. Um, it's just sour enough without being overwhelming. It's got that little bit of fruit. I think mango probably isn't necessarily the best fruit for beer because it's a pretty subtle flavor in things. I like it in this though. I do taste it. It tastes good, but it's just it's subtle. Oh yeah, um, it's interesting though because the it's it's got a nice balance of sour, but if you were to smell it, you'd be like, "This is a bag of Sour Patch Kids." Yeah, um, but it doesn't assault the senses when it does. You it, does it. it does not. Um, this is a really really tasty tropical type of type of beer. This would be perfect in the summer. This, it's funny because yeah. I almost grabbed for whatever reason we have Brooklyn Summer Ale in there, or Summer Lager, or whatever. It is. Dude, I don't even at this point. I don't. I think we just need to have a day. We're going to sit down, we're going to do a long episode, and we're just going to clear out. And then we're going to start fresh. <laughs> well, see, I've been a little bit worried because we haven't re-upped in a while, and yeah. we are running out of... Like, we still have, like, five of them, but, sure. like, considering this is coming off of, like, a period of time where we've had, like, a 20-beer, like, hopper for a mm-hmm. while, I'm getting into a panic because it looks super empty, even though it's, like, we're good for the next month and a half, and I'm going to see you in, like, ten days. Right. So it's like, we're going to have beer there. Um, speaking of which, transition. Um, one of those beers is 99.9% sure to be an Al's Ale. Yes. I saw the <laughs> book happening. <laughs> that was a really, that was an exciting, uh, page turn. I really. You like that? I, that? Well, I tried to do it. I tried to turn it dramatically. Yeah. I was like, what's um, this? Is he doing this one again? And then I was like, oh, it's something new. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
I, as you noticed, I did not title nor show the ingredients for the new beer. Do you want to know now or do you want to be surprised? Ooh, do, I don't, you tell me. Do I want to know now or do I want to be surprised? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's up to you. I, I know you don't love spoilers, but <sighs> I don't love the spoilers. might be better with knowledge of the beer. <sighs> when will I find out if I don't find out now? Uh, it's up to you. I can tell you when I hopefully hand you one for Oscar Sunday. Tell me now. I got to know. I can hand you a bottle and then still not tell you until we do it for the episode. Uh, tell me what it is. Tell me what it is. I got to know. Uh, so I've been itching to do this for a while. And also I realized I don't, just based on looking at my notebook, I don't think I made a beer for myself in 2019. Hmm. I made like five batches for sale. I don't think I made a single one because there's nothing new. That was the last beer right. that I did. And that was the last one that I made for my... Well, so technically, um, that would have been the last one I did, which was literally a year ago, like, for myself. And then I made it for someone else. Mm. Uh, so anyway, we're, uh, we're doing brown ale. Ooh. Yeah, I was, I've been super excited to do that for, like, a bit now. Nice. Not a, not a ton of places, like, make good ones. Like, no, but when, like, when I go to a place and they have one, it usually is very good, but they're few and far between. Newberg does a tremendous brown mm-hmm. So does uh, uh, Cypress. Okay. Have you had the Newberg one? Yes. Okay. I couldn't remember because I yeah. know you came with me once or twice there. But, uh, and then you went on your own, actually. That's right. Like uh, a <laughs> I think Sick. I must have brought some for your wedding because I know you guys had me grab like an assortment. That was a tremendous there. rehearsal dinner. <laughs> it, yeah, was, it, was. it was pizza and delightful beer. <laughs> it was well done. But uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking in that in my mind because I haven't had their brown in a long time, mm. and I was like, you know what? I need some brown brown yeah. in my life. Let's do. Oh, I'm excited. All right, so, uh, you are working out the recipe, or were you doing it that day? Oh, I was doing it that day. Sick. I was just setting down to commit it to the book. So I'll have a I'll have my bottle on on Oscar night. You should have your bottle for Oscar Sunday. Okay, um, and then boring. it'll be ready. What like a few weeks. Yeah, it'll be ready to drink like two weeks. Later. You gotta, I really, you gotta have to pick a movie though. We gotta really tie this up nicely. When it's an Al's <laughs> ale, it's gotta be something, especially if it's one of your ale, like the one that you're making for you. It also should probably be a movie that's for you. Mm, okay, fair. Right, so oh, pick, we, we'll have time. I mean, uh, the idea is I'll bring you an assortment of beers when yeah, I see you. And of course. You said you already have at least one or two to give to me, I think. Yeah. Assuming you didn't drink them all last week. I didn't week. drink them all. God, I'm um, close. I am so close. There's two left of the one that's really good. And I'm so close, but I, I'm holding out just because I like you as a person, and I want to give it to you. <laughs> Who knew that you could commit to sitting down and speaking to me 116 times? <laughs> recorded. Yeah, recorded. Um, in addition to whatever You know what's ridiculous together. is that it, all of the other times, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this is just what we talk about. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's not like we put on anything. I mean, we... Music, maybe music. We talk uh, yeah, about that's more. true. We don't really talk music on this show, so that's more of a thing that we we do in person. But other than that, it's movies, it's TV, it's video games. We've it's, been to know. surprisingly few concerts together. We've been to like two f- concerts, three, three, three concerts. Yeah, but they were all within like the same year. I feel like, um, or a year. T- t- and a half two of them like were within one calendar year, and then this, then last year, you, me, and and Dominic went to one together. Yeah, that was fun. That place beforehand had some nice cocktails. Yeah, it did. That was a surprisingly, again, off the rail. Love, I love it. I love it. Surprisingly cheap dinner uh, when yeah. three uh, not small guys eat. <laughs> yeah. And, and drink alcohol. And drink multiple cocktails. Uh, yeah, I think so. 
And I, 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 I want to say the bill was like just over a hundred, which was surprising for yeah, where we yeah, were. Yeah, I was say, it was only like 30 or so dollars a person. Yeah, that's not bad. Not bad. Then we should do that again. Yeah. Also, Stone Pony Summer Stage is awesome. I love it. Yeah, no, I mean, I love a it. heck of a venue. Historic. Yeah. They got to do something. They got to do st- the Stone Pony itself. I'm not going back. Like yep. the inside, the dashboard yeah. concert, the arrangement is silly. The arrangement's not great. No, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. The majority of people are standing off to the side of the stage. doesn't make any sense. Correct. That's a hard pass on that. But the summer stage is, is like 80% there. It would be 100% there if they didn't make the sound booth so large and take up so much of the prime real estate of the <laughs> standing area. <laughs> it's funny because I liked the summer stage and they were... The bands that we saw were were good in that format, but the the headliner was Coheed and Cambria, my favorite band, mm. and their best venue would actually be inside of Stone Pony. They're so good in like an intimate setting with mm. only people who are there for them. The, it's wild. There are so many good venues in Philly that are intimate that I would prefer to go there. I would prefer to drive to Philly over... Fine, I'm just saying yeah. from the like the perspective of that style of Gotcha. Video. Gotcha. Okay. Um but uh yeah, no, they're uh that's, that was a good time. We'll, we'll have to look and see if there's any good concerts this no. year in the uh, in the area cuz I'm I'm always down. Um we didn't really say much more about the spear. There's a couple things I want to get to on the can here. First off, on the there's a picture of a straw jammed into a mango. So here's the question. Have you tried that? Cuz I've definitely done it with an orange. Well, now I know what you're doing tomorrow, and I know what I'm doing tomorrow. Because <laughs> I have mangoes upstairs. Failing. <laughs> oh, I'm going to buy mangoes. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. Before or after you buy the robe? Uh, mm. Buy the mangoes in the robe? That's just Absolutely. really... Let's Absolutely. just get weird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, Sir, it's a Thursday afternoon. Why are you in a robe buying mangoes? <laughs> I'm on my lunch break. <laughs> this, is, this isn't going to work. The straw on the mango not going to work. The straw on the orange works for like a second. You got a good... Yes. You get one good sip. I, See, I mean, what, on, what, what kid those, hasn't tried to do that? What you're going to have to do with the orange, though, you're going to have to cheat, and you're going to have to, like, really, like, knead it. Yeah, that'll help. You got to juice it before you, because you got to break up those bonds to get some, some free-flowing juice. It's really those stupid Florida orange juice commercials from when I was a kid where they stick the... <laughs> it, it really got me. Like, as a, I was like, I got to try this. Like, is this is this all you have to do? I feel like I was onto something. Um, it didn't work. The, this beer is so good that it's already almost gone. Yeah. Uh, what does work, though? Twizzler straws. Oh. That does yes. work. You have to bite off either end, and you can do it. It, it works. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, so, surprising things from a childhood. Anyway. This beer is, like, crystal clear. Like, it looks like a perfect, like, example of, like, a Pilsner, just, like, looking through it. Like, I always enjoy a really good crystal yeah. clear beer. I'm hoping, my, uh, I'm hoping my brown will come out pretty clear. I just want it to be, like, a really hot day. Put some burgers on the grill. Have a whole case of these. Play some can jam. Oh yeah. You know? Well, I mean I bought these in like July or August. Eh. I had a couple of them in those exact circumstances. They were <laughs> nice. amazing. You just do the bachelor party weekend again. That's what it was. It was long games and beer. Oh yeah. It worked. And out. steak. And steak. And cigars. And, and then fourteen hours later, potatoes. <laughs> Because they didn't cook <laughs> for whatever oh, reason. Yeah. I didn't do the potato. Oh, no, I did. We got them baked potato, right? Yeah. Chris tried to make potatoes all day. <laughs> Took a while. Yeah. Anyway, um, shall we dive into some stuff? Yeah. I all got right. some news. I got some notes. I got some nuggets. Cool. Let's do it. Uh, 
there was so the, I don't remember if this is the case every year now. It, it might be because I feel like it happened last year. I don't know how about the years before, but the Super Bowl commercials I feel like are coming out earlier. They're doing the like teasers to the commercials. Yeah, have you seen any of them? Well, everyone in the world has seen the Planters one. Yeah. Which, that was a really funny experience. Let's talk about the Planters commercial. Rest in peace, uh, Mr. Peanut. Um, So, I saw that promoted tweet. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what the hell? (laughs) But I didn't see the video. I just saw, like, like, people were retweeting the tweet. Like, RIP. And it was like a hundred and something years of, like, Mr. Peanut. And I was like, that's fucking stupid. (laughs) At first, I thought it was, like, a joke. I thought someone, like, actually died. Oh, and then I thought it was like people were doing it as, a, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then I saw what like what the actual account was because they changed all like their imaging and, and their name and everything. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, this is actually the Planters account." That's funny, but also really stupid. <laughs> and then, like an hour later, I saw the actual commercial, and the first time I watched it, didn't register with me. I was just like, "This is absurd." And then I kept seeing people like retweet it. So later on, I, like I watched it again. Because I think the first time I watched it, I didn't have like, the, the audio on. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again, and I was like, that's Matt Walsh. <laughs> and then I, I, I told my mom about it, and she goes, oh, I saw it. Wesley Snipes was in it. And I was like, that's really funny that I didn't recognize Wesley Snipes, and you didn't recognize Matt Walsh. <laughs> but together, together we got it. <laughs> yes. So bringing people, people together. People helping yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so that one that one's been around. Uh, the one that I saw today that really tickled me, which I've I've watched probably five times today, just because I think it's so silly. The Smotpok commercial. Have you seen this? No. The Hyundai Sonata that can park itself. It's oh yes, I did see it. Sorry. Oh my, god. it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yes. And uh, it's there. I didn't know that Chris Evans had that in him. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, that ridiculous. Those those amazing Boston accents were. They're just tremendous, and then it, it just what a random assortment of. It's like, so strange. It's like why did they? Yeah, why? Why them? Like why is one of those things is not like the other, and that thing is Rachel Dratch. She's right. not nearly as famous as the other people in that commercial. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, but it's a, it's a it's a great one. Uh, I, I I enjoyed that. Another one. This is a this is a this is the first one that I've seen that's missed the mark. Now, granted, I've only seen a handful. Uh, the Walmart pickup commercial, where it's just basically clips. Of every buzzwordy movie of all time, it's just like it's just it's like trying it's trying to use nostalgia to get it like to have you emote, <laughs> but it's just not working. Except for the one piece that kind of gets you is like the uh, the Bill and Ted piece of like it's kind of like a first teaser of seeing one of them older because that oh, is good. Okay. But like, still, it's just like really it's just really dumb. It misses the mark. But anyway, that's not really the point. My point is, I don't remember. Is this? Is this is this a thing? Are all of these commercials out ahead of time? Um, so yes and no. I, I know I've seen some in the last few years, but the thing I've noticed in recent years, think about like, well, see, like it sounds like you have more of a actual TV setup this year than you've had in some of the recent years, like as far as like live television. Uh, yeah, I have an antenna. Okay, yeah, but like you didn't so much a couple of years ago. No, I, I feel like there were there was one year where maybe, but anyway, um. The Bud Light thing with like the dilly dilly mm-hmm. and like the the whole court. Um, was it last year or the year before they like had a bunch of commercials in like football season and late in the season 
they made it pretty clear that they were telling a story across the Right, it was like an culminate in some... Culminate yeah. with the Super Bowl. And that's been a thing that's happened some in, in recent years. Okay. That's kind of funny. It's, yeah, I mean, when they're done well, it is. Um, well, especially like with the amount of money, they're, if they're going to spend that much money, make it count. Yeah. You know. Uh, and bu- the Bud Light, like that whole, the Dilly Dilly verse, we'll call it. Um, <laughs> dilly Dilly verse. Can we not <laughs> call it that? <laughs> no, we're going to. Um, <laughs> it's had its, its hits and its misses, even in like the time since it became like a phenomenon. Um, they're not all good, but some of them definitely are. Mm-hmm. Commercials for commercials. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, hit me with something. What do you got? Um, Kenobi confusion. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, I'm trying to find the tab that I had with it. Um, oh, come on. We don't uh, want to make Obi Wan bad. Got it. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi series on hold as calls go out for new scripts. This is on Hollywood Reporter. Things are happening on my screen that I don't want to happen. Uh, Ewan McGregor and director Deborah Chow remain attached to the Disney Plus project. Um, the blah, 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 Obi-Wan Kenobi show has been put on hold as companies attempt to retooling. Multiple sources tell The Hollywood Reporter. The effort in which Ewan McGregor is set to reprise his role of the famed Jedi Knight was in the throes of pre-production. The project had Hossein Amini writing and a director in Deborah Chow, who became the first ever female Star Wars director thanks to her work on the Disney Plus's buzzy series The Mandalorian. Sources say that the show was even screen-testing actors opposite McGregor. Uh, sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that the scripts, only two, were written, and story became an issue, and the entire package has been jettisoned. Lucasfilm is now on the hunt oh. for a new writer to pen the series, as at the same time, sources say the project is being reconfigured from six episodes to four. Weird. Okay. Uh, it is unclear when the show will ramp up again, although insiders stress that McGregor remains attached to Star, and Chow remains on as director. Disney had no comment. This development follows social media rumors a week ago, uh, and this story was from several days ago because that's when I saw it. Uh, that series was canceled. Um, these posts proved to be premature, but it did expose that the project was facing problems. It's unclear why the scripts became an issue so late in the process. One source said the Kenobi story trod similar ground as the Mandalorian, seeing the Jedi Master lending a protective hand to a young Luke and possibly even a young Leia, perhaps mirroring, mirroring how the Mandalorian took Baby Yoda under his protective custody. They never, Disney never unveiled an expected release date for the Obi-Wan series. Hours after the news broke, IGN caught McGregor at an event, and he told the outlet he did not expect the release of the series would be delayed, but noted filming would shift from this summer to instead in January of 2021. This is a quote from McGregor. McGregor, it just slid to next year, that's all. The scripts were really good. Now that episode 9 came out and everyone at Lucasfilm has got more time to spend on the writing, they felt that they wanted more time to write the episodes. No. Whatever. Take your time. Well, for me, the big thing with this is if you're going to do this, just make sure you do it before you've started shooting the show. Yeah. Um, right? Like, mm-hmm. if the whole fiasco for Solo happened before they were in the midst of principal photography, right, they- wouldn't have been that big of an issue. Yep, yep. 100%. Uh, also, if you're going to tighten to four episodes, uh, isn't that just a movie? What are you doing? Yeah, um, I don't get that necessarily. And um, if you're going to do that, is that does that mean that you like? Is that a is there a lack of confidence in whether the series is going to do good? Is it that they don't have much of a story to tell? So that well, if it they were to seems do, to be the case if they're jettisoning the, all the scripts, right? But then the, it just like kind of begs the question of if you're if you're doing that, do you have much like should this be a series? 
was always the most skeptical on this. I mean, I know you said you weren't super excited for Cassian Endor, but at least I think there's a story to tell there. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the story you tell is here. Yeah. We already there's been a million legend stories or whatever, but those all got scrapped. Canonically, we know more or less what Obi-Wan has been doing. We've even it's- checked in with him. The windows, the margin with which we don't know what's going on for him is really pretty narrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but we it's know strange. that he's spent most of his time on Tatooine. Um, you're pretty deep into Rebels now, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't. I, I, I paused again just because I just haven't had a chance to, to start it up. But like, I Did think I'm in like the third. Did you see the episode he was in? Uh, no. He, okay. Uh, oh, so. no. Yeah. So you said the third. So then, no, you, I don't think you've gotten there yet. He's in an episode doing mm. something fairly important. Doing, doing things. I won't tell you what he's doing, but I'll tell you where he's doing it, and it's on Tatooine. Hmm. So, what, like, what what is he really doing right. in that time? It just turns into like a they make it like a like a classic sitcom, and it's like it's like crazy old Ben getting into trouble, Luke bailing <laughs> and, and young Luke bailing him out. Be like, but oh, the like problem a, is I don't really buy that nah, because Me the stupid. the nature of like that seems like a hard thing for me to. Like stomach you retconning, yeah, from the original text, right? Um, oh, you're talking about. I wonder if they're talking about old Ben, who clearly they knew each other, but not very well. Mm-hmm. Like it was like when they show up, like runs into Uncle Ben. Times. You yeah, know, yeah. so good to see you. It's been so long. You know, it's like, hey, there's that guy that I talked to a couple times. Yeah, uh, that's it's whatever. We'll see what happens when this comes out in a hundred years. Uh, well, I, I am torn because, like, I love the character. I sure. I McGregor's take on the character. I don't... Like, this even more than when they, like, announce something like Better Call Saul. I truly don't understand what the point is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll watch it, but... Uh, <laughs> like they, they, do the same, they do the same thing as Better Call Saul, where mm-hmm. it's... The, <laughs> the opening shot is Old Ben, and it's black and white. And then we got, we go into the episode in the whole season. I think let's just get Vince Gilligan to do it. Stunts. <laughs> I mean, he could do a lot with beige and a sand Gilligan, colors. A Gilligan golden, a Gilligan and gold Star Wars yeah. would be something. Yeah, we'll get a we'll get a Gus back in there somehow. Tie him into the story. <laughs> uh, he'd be pretty young at that point. Mm. Anyway. Um, we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Uh, for whatever reason, this this Obi Wan talk is it's, it 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 dawned on me I, a game that I haven't thought about in uh <laughs> in a long time. That do you remember the Obi Wan game from Xbox, the original Xbox? The Obi Wan game. It was no. just called Obi Wan. No, I remember the Django Fett one. Mm. We talked about that actually somewhat recently. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah, it was it was fairly the um, Obi Wan game. I remember being I was like super into it. It was I don't think I, I don't re- know if it was received well. I remember having a great time with it, uh, hmm. but I can't tell you for the life of me what actually happens in the game. And I know I played so it this, a lot. <laughs> this wasn't this wasn't the like the episode three tie in one right where you play as Anakin and Obi Wan. No, no, this was just called Obi Wan. Oh uh, yeah, I don't remember. It was like a green. It was like a black and green box. Oh my god, I just looked it up. Oh, you can get it for five dollars and forty-seven cents used on Lukey Games, <laughs> whatever that is. Um, what? <laughs> Lu- yeah, I don't know. Uh, but but was it, this an Xbox exclusive? It, or it was... I, yeah, I believe so. Star Wars Obi Wan. Uh, yeah. Two thousand one. Oh, look, it's 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 Phantom Menace. Uh, Ewan McGregor. 
Yeah. 2001 uh, video game published by LucasArts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it on, on Wikipedia right now. It takes ah. place 32 years before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, I... Uh, in the weeks prior to and during the events of Phantom Menace. Right, because I was going to say, I'm pretty sure there's, like, parts of the game that are in the Phantom Menace. Yeah, it says, uh... I think I have this game in a box somewhere, and I'd like to dig it out and see if it's it's been uh, set up to work for backwards compatibility. <laughs> yeah, a sequence of events leading up to the Phantom Menace. Um, the game is unique in that the lightsaber combat is controlled using the right analog stick. Yeah, that's right. By moving the stick in specific motions, Kenobi will swing his lightsaber in a related motion. Uh-huh. The character had a variety of force powers at his disposal. One provides a version of bullet time. Of course it did. It's 2001. Well, yeah, it was 2001. Slowing the area around the character, effectively allowing players to attack, slow down enemies, or evade to cover. Um, other powers allow him to jump higher, move objects, and disarm enemies. Perform a 180-degree turn with the press of a button, allowing the player to instantly spin and attack enemies behind them. I Aside think there was the like a multiplayer blasters. dueling mode, too. That was fun. It supports a multiplayer mode called hey! Jedi Battle. <laughs> <laughs> Which allows two players to battle each other as any one of the character Jedi characters that have been unlocked. Um, you have to defeat them in the single-player Jedi arena, mm-hmm, which became mm-hmm. available between missions. Yes, this is all coming back. <laughs> it, it's a retelling of the events of Phantom Menace beginning with Obi-Wan surviving an attempt on his life by a criminal outfit called the Black Heth on Coruscant. He reports this to the Jedi Council in Horm that the Black Heth have been growing in strength and that an informant planted by the city guard has been exposed taken to the gang's hideout. Oh Mace God. Windu tasks Obi-Wan with rescuing him. The informant reveals that arms dealers are selling large quantities of weapons to the Black Heath to destabilize Coruscant. He tries and fails to intercept the dealers as they evacuate the planet. The council determines that they are a tribal species called Jinha. As the Jinha are too primitive a race to manufacture such deadly arms, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Jedi Masters mm-hmm. Plo Koon and Eeth Koth are oh sent on a mission to their homeworld. This game. This game. We gotta play Shit this. Transporting then disappears. <laughs> we gotta. So uh, sorry. Uh, when I googled it, I I said the Lukey games. I don't know where why this is coming up. It's all, it's all over my page right now. But uh, it got a five point nine out of ten from IGN at the time. But don't worry, because at Lukey games, it got a five out of five. And I hope that this wow. is just a guy named Luke that <laughs> that plays games and reviews them and is selling like his old collection. <laughs> Jeez. I don't want to click on the site and just shatter that dream. <laughs> God, I need to play this. I might go in the attic after the show to see if I have this game. Yes, it looks like it ends with the end of Phantom Menace when you when you fight Darth you Maul. Fight Darth Maul. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That game, man, that game's a blast from the past. I really, I hadn't. It's a game that I completely forgot about. Until this Obi Wan news research like surfaced, and I was like, "Wasn't there a video game?" <laughs> and now, is the Obi Wan game canon? Um, probably not. I would assume not. No, yeah. um, <clears throat> unless they definitively tell you that it is, or tell you that they're pulling stuff like activating it to the canon, because that'd all be, of those old games <laughs> that'd be amazing, like Shad- Shadows of the Empire, like all those games. Uh, you know, Jedi Academy, none of those are canon now. That'd be great, though, if, like, somebody who goes through to, like, to see whether or not they should bring things back in or not is, like, watches, plays through the game. It's like, nothing offensive happens to the story. All right. <laughs> Let's just cut it in. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's probably, a, like, a soft grandfathering in of things like that. Yeah. Um, 
and like we we know like technically Darth Reven Reven um is now canon again. Right. Which brings us because... to our other story, <laughs> which is all these rumors about Kotor being rebooted and coming back. Uh, oh, after we talked about it this weekend with Brian? Yeah. Yeah. I uh I'm all for that. <laughs> if that actually happens. I just want to play those well, games again. Especially in the way that they were talking about doing it, right? Where like mm. it's a soft reboot slash sequel. Basically, yeah. they're like gonna force awakens it kind of. Yeah. That's what it seems like. Um, because then they can basically pick and choose what they want to pull from it or whatever. It's it's you know, it's a retcon or whatever. Uh, I still do want to play those games. I don't have them. I'm not going to pay a single cent for them. So, like, if you have... I, ha- I could, I could definitely lend you Knights of the Old Republic. That's, so, if you have it, I think it's backwards compatible, it, so I might is. give it a shot. Yeah, that, that exists somewhere in the in the attic. <laughs> it should be there. <laughs> but, uh, man, I, I, I didn't realize, like, until we were talking, I didn't realize that you hadn't played it at all. And I, it's just... We talked about it maybe a year or so ago. I said, "Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the very, very big picture stuff. Mm-hmm. I know the whole big twist at the end. I know what that's all about. Yeah. Um, but I never played the game, so I just like I, the it's the it's like uh, Mass Effect is built on this, and it's like it's so like it's it, it would be awesome for you to play that and like see where all yeah, this stuff I mean, came from. It, it was the next game that Bioware made after after Kotor because mm-hmm. I don't think they did the sequel. I don't think so either. But the uh the influences are like so clear between Kotor and Mass Effect. Yeah, I've seen a couple of little clips, so I yeah, I do I was able to identify the similarities. All right, tell me I, I don't it's, it's it's either I always get this confused. It's either Knights of the Royal Republic or the first Mass Effect game. But one of the two games has the puzzle from Die Hard with a Vengeance with the water. <laughs> Where you have to get like exactly four ounces or whatever it is in the five ounce jug. You have a five ounce and a three ounce jug. Then it's Knights of the Old Republic. <laughs> okay. But I, I was, I, the puzzle comes up and I start the puzzle and it's like, you have to do this. I was like, I know how to solve this. <laughs> there's, there's something kind of like that in Mass Effect in which there was like a safety release thing that needed to be triggered on like a huge like uh bay door mm-hmm. to like clamp down on something to break it and like destroy a huge ship uh-huh. and it was like it's done by like you like we're like walking around and you see this uh like this panel of like controls and like there's someone like literally taped a note to it and it was like oh like the bay door if you go above x amount of PSI. Oh, maybe it might have been this. It was like, well, it's the same style of thing, which is why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, yeah. It was like, if it goes above X PSI, um, it triggers the, the the safety thing. If it goes under, it won't do anything. But if you hit this small sweet spot between the two, it causes the thing to just fucking collapse down, and you have to figure out there's like eight different terminals of different values to like switch on, and you have to mm. get it to land right in the middle. And if you do it, then if there's that ma- if there's that many terminals, it sounds more complicated than what I'm talking about. This is we're talking two jugs of water here. That's yeah, <laughs> it's that puzzle. I mean, it's still pretty straightforward. <laughs> like, it tells you how much the number of each one is. Ah, okay. You have to do some very very basic like first day of algebra basic yeah. math. Man, God, I want to play that. Game. I want to play that again. Knights of the it's the problem is playing it now. It's a, it's a little bit difficult. I tried going back to it like I don't know maybe like six months ago. I had that. Uh, one of those EA, the the one on the 
uh, I can't remember what their subscription service thing is called. Origin? Origin. Origin Premiere Plus whatever it was, where I had like all of the games for a year. And mm-hmm. uh, that was on it, and I downloaded it. I started playing it, and I was like, ah, uh, I can't do this right now. <laughs> well, that's the problem with going back to the original Mass Effect. Like, I still do it. It's it's like my version of like Christopher Lee going back and reading The Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. every year. Um, like, I try and play the series once a year. Um, and it's so bad that I have to turn the... I have to turn the difficulty down, because... The combat is so archaic. Yeah. It's like driving it's like going back and driving like a stick shift car on the column with no power steering. <laughs> like 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 yeah, like I could do it, but why would I subject myself to it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like cuz when I first bought the game in 2007, I played it like I played it on insanity. It wasn't like an issue for me. Like now going back, it's so clunky that I just want to throw the controller, so I'm just like I'm just here for the story and and to get that little dose of nostalgia. Um, so I don't care about the I, level. I'm just gonna mow through it and get to like playing two and three are actually functional games to play still. So yeah, I, they're, they're, I like what you said that I'm just here for the story. There, I forget which game it was that I played recently, but that was one of the difficulty levels. Story mode. Yeah, no, that's no, a new thing. no. I'm just here for the story. That's what it was <laughs> called. <laughs> Jose, it's brilliant. I've seen them, and like they basically say that as like the blurb describing the story mode. Yeah. Um, it's like you know, oh, you wait, for gamers who just want to experience the story and don't want to concern themselves with difficulty, and it's like, oh, I guess that's cool. Like I don't really get it. I mean, I understand that most of them have moved towards being like a TV slash movie model mm-hmm. as far as their storytelling goes, which I'm all for. Because at this point, I mean, like... Wait, I'm, you uh, like movies and like, TV? Sure. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um... Like, I'm... You're only gonna hold my interest so much with just having, like, super slick combat. Like, sure. Anthem was a train wreck of a game. But it was really fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while. And then I got bored. Sure. Um, but I will take a slight downgrade of the play experience slight if you're going to crush it with the story like i want to be told a story because you know i like tv and movies and <laughs> reading books like right. you know and video games like i if the story sucks i'm not interested yeah yeah you're, you look for something specific when you're playing uh last bit of star wars stuff here i i played through fallen order again as you know mm-hmm. uh beat it on Speaking of which, on the spintune.com, all three of us That's right. co-wrote the triumvirate review <laughs> of Jedi Fallen Order, two, lo- two months too late, but um, I, we, we did it. As I was adding my piece, that I, Paul Rudd popped into my head <laughs> saying triumphant from uh, I Love You, Man. The Holy Triumvirate. <laughs> and I just decided to put that in there. But uh, playing through on Jedi, was, it, was Jedi Master, is that the, the next up? Is that the one I did? The, it was story mode, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, and then Jedi Grandmaster. Okay, so I did. I played through on Jedi Master, and man, I so first of all, the game to me was better on the harder difficulty. That was one. Uh, it was for me once I had figured it out, like because I started on Jedi Knight and it was really hard for me, and then I moved it up to to Jedi Master, and it took me like not even to get through the prologue to like totally latch on and was actually a better player than I was when I finished on Jedi Knight. Yeah, I, I think there's something weird with the timing, I think, where it's like... It's a, it's a timing. It's more natural on Jedi Master. 
It, yeah, it, the timing is very natural on Jedi Master to the point where like it took me like sixty percent of playing Grandmaster to figure out the timing on that, mm. and I still like wasn't perfect, but yeah. um, like I perfected the timing of Jedi Master because it's just it is a very natural. See someone get ready to shoot, you block, you block it. Yeah. yeah. See someone swinging, you block, you block. The Grandmaster, you'll succeed in blocking, but you won't succeed in parrying. So it's. It's much more defensive in nature. Right. I, uh, Although, man, that sequence of that little bit of combat that I put in the review, <laughs> the one that I sent to Brian, that was on Grandmaster. And like, I was like, when I was done with it, I, that's why I recorded it. I was like, that was the coolest You're thing like, ever Yeah, done. I'm a Jedi. It looked like, yeah, it was, like it was on fucking, like, on, like, speed like, and cocaine at the same time. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it ends and you turn to, to BD1 and you're like, are you saying I could dodge bullets? Yeah, I felt like I could see the Matrix. <laughs> uh, there, so when I was uh, playing, so I played through it again. Uh, this time, I, I I had to get to the bottom of something for our spin tune group. Yes, you can unlock the entire skill tree. Uh, yeah, and I was a little surprised by that. It was it was fun uh, to have all those powers while I went through the the finale of the game. I 100%ed all the planets before I did the finale of the game too, which is a lot of fun. Got all like the all the, all the little tchotchkes, uh if you will, and then. I was like, well, I'm here. I've got like seven achievements left. I might as well just get a thousand gamer points on this thing and figure out where this goes. So I started going through and man, of all of them, I was like, I learned how to kick people, which is great because it was a thing that I just hadn't used because I never really thought to do it when I was fighting. It's very effective. Uh, yes. You have to kick that ram thing after it kicks you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I struggled Which with is that. It's hysterical. It's a hysterical achievement. For like an hour and a half. Because it there's it kicks you in two different ways. And one of the ways that it kicks you doesn't count. Really? Yeah. So if it kicks so the, you with the, its the front, problem doesn't count. Uh, well, because that's not a kick, technically. But it's titting you with its no, hooves. When they're talking about kick, they're talking about like mule kick. Yeah, well, exactly. And it took me forever to trigger that. And then eventually I was like, oh, he kicked me. And then I turned and I dodged and I hit the button and I sliced him in half. And I was like, God! <laughs> <laughs> and I had to start over. <laughs> yeah, so that I never bothered trying to get that achievement because I was never... In, playing through the game three times was never once kicked by those things. Mm. I was only ever charged or they did that rearing attack. Mm-hmm. Like, they never... I think one time one of them tried to kick me and I dodged it. That's the only time like I ever saw them even attempt it. So I kind of forgot it was a thing until I saw that achievement. I do think it's hysterical that one of them is just kick someone to death. Yeah, I did that one. I did that to a stormtrooper because it was the easiest. That was a, that was one of the videos I sent to Brian where I just I said it's so disrespectful. I just kicked, <laughs> kicked the stormtrooper over and over again. <laughs> That's so good. The uh, the other one that um, oh, what was it? Oh, there was one of them is is kill. A stormtrooper by making him shoot himself? Yes. That one was that one took me a while to figure out. Because you have to slow them right after they've shot. And then pull them through it. Pull them through it or pull them to you and walk in front of the bolt and just keep holding him and then when time speeds back up the bolt will hit him. Exactly. That so that that one took a little bit of of maneuvering. It wasn't horrible. And then I got to uh, you gotta slice the tongue off an Ogdo. That one wasn't too bad, but it just wasn't as... I thought it was going to trigger, like, a cool... Like, the Agdo Bagdo and the Agdo don't have, like, a cool sink kill. No, they don't. That's what I was expecting. Oh, so the thing is, I think if its health is lower and you do it, they die. 
Because it happened the first one I did it to. Oh, but there's still like it's like, nothing. The Nidek, it's nothing special. The Jotas, like a bunch of other like creatures, all have like specific sync kills or, or yeah. particularly cool sync kills. Like that one didn't have. It. And I didn't realize this whole time until I was like, I was like, how the hell do you, like I'm I'm trying to do these dumb things. I'm like it it sticks its tongue out and I try to stop time and then I try to slice its tongue off and I was like and it's like nothing. You, you you can do it that way, it, but it's hard. It's like just I was never able to get it work. And then I was like, wait a minute. And I did a force pull, and his tongue came out. I was like, "Oh!" And this, I was like, "And it was like achievement." That's popped. the easier way to do yeah, it. Much e- yeah, much, much easier. Um, I'm trying to think of any other weird ones, but it was it was actually really so th- fun. So I think I think I think to do it when with the slow, I think you have to do it with the overhead slash specifically. Mm-hmm. The the Y. Oh, that that's probably what. Yeah, because I was trying. That's, that makes I think sense. That's why it is. That makes sense. And then the last the last achievement that I actually didn't realize when I went through the list I had was missing. You have to scan all of the enemies, and I was like, "Oh God!" I was like, "How many of these things did I miss?" Did I miss? And I went back into the guide, and it's like, like you know, ten out of ten, sixteen out of sixteen. I was like, "Oh, where are we going? What's going on here?" And then I finally, finally found the card that it was like fourteen out of fifteen or whatever it was, and I just like didn't have the scan of the trooper with the hammer, and I was like, "Yeah, where?" I was like, "I know I've encountered him." Where is he? And then it dawned on but me. There's literally like there's literally two or three of them in the whole. Yeah. Game. So I finally I went to the one in Kashyyyk because I knew where that one was. Uh, it's the only one that you can get because I think the other two are both on Noor. Oh, okay. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but when I went in there, I was like, oh, this is why I don't have it. I usually just push you off the level. <laughs> like there's a there's yeah, a Dominic Dominic went through that too because he was like, man, I didn't get one of these ones. I was like, it's the hammer trooper, and he goes, well, why? Uh, like I don't remember even like I was like I remember because I was watching you play when you did it. I said you got tired of fighting him and you threw him off, which means you didn't get to scan him. And he's like, ah. yeah, 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 yeah. The number of times that I do that where I'm just like, there's so many people around. I was like howling, push. <laughs> <laughs> just get rid of all of you. It's a lot of fun. I still can't believe that one where I pushed both the the fucking Nidax off in <laughs> Dathomir yeah. at the uh, same time. I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that. That's awesome. My Dathomir move is that that area right there is I you go up to it to the wall before and like let it see you and it comes and runs towards you and it can't come on the ledge and it just swats at you and if you just gently pull him up onto the ledge, the the character model is not allowed to be there and it dies. Oh, nice. Yeah, so like you don't even have to do it. Like you just have to get it to move an inch towards you <laughs> and it dies. But anyway, that's I, I ended up getting all the achievements, beat it on uh on Jedi Master. I kinda wanna go back and beat it on Jedi Grand Master, Grand, whatever Grand Master. whatever it is. Um but I don't really have any reason to because I don't get any accolades for that. <laughs> so yeah, I was surprised there wasn't a, I was surprised there wasn't an achievement for that. I thought that was going to be part no, of you, the You can always just take your story. time with that one and do it like when you're bored. Oh yeah, when I when it's time to revisit the game, that's what I'll I'll do. I'll play it on the hardest. I think that'll be fun. It's a it's a great it really is a tremendous game. Yeah. Give me give me a new. Uh Bill Murray confirmed for Ghostbusters Afterlife. I heard that. that yeah, this one is decent. also a slightly older story. What? That movie looks decent. Yeah, um so, yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife cast members have mentioned Bill Murray's return. Nothing sounded like a definitive answer. Today, following an interview with Murray from the set of the film that was published by Vanity Fair, fans now have the confirmation they've been looking for that wearing the proton pack is a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. Oh, also that Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, Annie Potts, and Sigourney Weaver have all stepped onto the set and are officially back. Unfortunately, Rick Moranis will not be returning. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. I'm. I, I. The movie looks good. It looks like it could be like a fun way to reboot and get into Ghostbusters again. Uh, 
I, I'm pretty sure I've said it here before. I'm not the biggest fan of Ghostbusters. It's fine. It's it's nothing crazy to me. Um, I, I have agree. some nostalgia for different pieces of it. I actually like seeing the cartoon, some of the toys. But other than that, like it's not really anything spectacular to me. But I'm I'm actually looking forward to this. It looks I, I, the trailer looks good. Yeah. Also, uh, Paul Rudd having fun when makes we get, me like, happy. An actual trailer where they're doing stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, uh, speaking of reboots or sequels, because this is this is both the Ghostbusters Afterlife is a, is both um, Lethal Weapon Five. Uh, here's a quote. Yeah, I for, saw that yesterday. From Ali Muchet, people. Producer Dan Lin confirmed Lethal Weapon 5 is close to happening, which I don't know what that means. During a roundtable interview with The Hollywood Reporter published Monday, according to Lin, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover are returning for the movie, as well as director Richard Donner. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure the director, too. So, with Lethal Weapon 5, we've entered this new phase of, this is a second wave, long-time sequel reboot. Because Lethal Weapon 4 was a long time after 3. Um, was it a long? I mean, I know it was a few years, but I'm pretty sure it's like uh, let, let's see, let, let's find out. But I'm pretty sure that we're getting into the territory if I, if of we're rebooting guess, or re uh, or like reviving again. I was gonna say, I, I if I had to guess, I would say it was probably like six years after three. Like it wasn't like a crazy long time. Let's see, Lethal Weapon Three is ninety two. Oh, okay, I remember them being further apart. You're right. Never mind. 98. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I remember it being I mean, so much longer. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it's... That is, like, a bit of time, but, like, it's not... It's not no, crazy. no, it's not It's not nearly as great just as I thought it was. <laughs> All right, yeah. uh, that story's dead. Moving on. <laughs> Let's talk about shitty journalism. Uh, well, I, I, have a te- I have a teeny nugget slash new for you. <laughs> Give um, me. Because I don't have a story attached to it. Just going to throw it out there for you. You've probably seen it already. Uh, the Batman principal photography begins. Sweet. Yeah, so they that, we got a a picture from the set of almost nothing, but from Matt Reeves, it was a picture of the back of a leather chair. Okay, one of those very like stereotypical like it's got like the it the, 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 the buttons the in it. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, a, yeah, exactly. like a Morpheus chair. Did you, you you saw the tweet? No, or? no, I just I I, I haven't okay. seen it, but I've seen it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, well, I say, as, soon, as soon as I said that 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 high back leather chair, you knew exactly what I was yeah. talking about. Um, yeah, it was just a picture of that, and like it was. You like, think that's air you're like breathing? That. Uh, <laughs> that's that's cool. I'm I'm interested to see where that goes. I like the idea of uh, of playing uh, the world's greatest detective and seeing where that goes. I really just want to watch. I'm, the a, Batman I'm a hell skits. of a lot more interested in this than I was Batman vs Superman. Fair enough. Fair enough. And for good reason. Uh, when is that? When is that supposed to come out? Is that the 2021 jam? I think next year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I want to touch on shitty journalism uh, because <laughs> careful <laughs> with <laughs> with uh, today and the internet, uh, there is a lot of it. See uh, every website and ours. Uh, but there's <laughs> hey hey, we are not journalists. <laughs> no. Our shittiness has nothing to do with journalistic that's, integrity. That's that's integrity, true. Genius. That's true. It has nothing to do with being able to pronounce words either. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. This is a uh, media outlet. Uh, I was go so what I, I I think I've said this before before the show I do this a couple times a week um, and then one time the day of the show I will go through my feeds of movie news and pull out anything that I find relevant that I'm interested in talking about 
uh, because as you know, everything on the Spinchune is stuff we're interested in. Anyway, uh, I'm very excited to see Bad Boys for Life. I really enjoy the Bad Boys movies. I know that they're not like groundbreaking movies, but they are a hell of a lot of fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and there More are on that. read read on the Spinchune this Friday. Uh, Brian's review of yeah, I'll actually be reading that Friday night when I get back from the movie. Uh, but uh, this fucking article had a headline um, very strongly hinting at the death of a character. And I was, I was like, can you, can you not, can you just not put that in your headline? Well, since I, since I edited Brian's uh, review already, I can confirm or deny if you want. No, don't, because... I, I don't know if I'll be more or less angry. Like I, I just, ugh, I'm just annoyed by it because even if it's not okay. true, then I'm like kind of preparing myself for it, and then it doesn't happen, and I, you're going the whole movie waiting for this thing to happen, and then it doesn't happen, and you're just like, well, you've wasted my time now because you had me. I wasn't able to pay attention to what I should have. And it's just like it really bothers me. Don't put spoilers in headlines. That's all there is to it. If you're gonna have a spoiler, flag it beforehand. That's it. Yeah, I don't even like when it's like when it's like. That the shocking death of blank, you know what I mean? Like, right, like, exactly. exactly. Even that's annoying. My point. Uh, so that really pissed me off. Anyway, that's just me being grumpy. Uh, what else you got? <laughs> uh, how about some Matrix Four news? Ooh. Namely, the casting of well, the seemingly all but assured casting of Priyanka Chopra as one of the leads, I guess. Uh, as well as a confirmation that Neil Patrick Harris is going to be in it. Interesting. I thought you were going to yeah. tell me Ross Marquand was playing Agent Smith. <laughs> 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 Which would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll clean up the Hugo uh, rolls. Gimme. Yeah. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> what's MPH Sorry, doing? I usually hit my mic button when that's going to happen. Is he a that. Matrix fan? Um, what's that? Is he like a Matrix fan? Who, Neil Patrick yeah. Harris? I have no idea. Huh. Interesting. Um, but what I... This set me down an odd rabbit hole, because the that movie already has a release date sometime in 2021. I forgot what the date was. What? Um, and it's the same day as John Wick 4. Why? 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 Why, so, why are these dates out already? <laughs> well, not only why are these dates out already, but why are two... On the same day. On the same day. <laughs> Keanu uh, takes which, the box office. <laughs> like, what the well, hell? The, the funny thing was, so like I said, rabbit hole, right? Because in the article that I saw, was reading about Priyanka Chopra being in final talks to be in, they mentioned that thing about the, the release dates. I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I was like, whatever happened to the Continental? Mm. That show that stars optioned uh, that was going to be in the universe of John Wick. So I looked up the Continental and there was a story a couple weeks ago saying... Um, it was from the director or someone else in the, the studio who was, like, just giving an update. And they're like, oh, yeah, the way it's working, we're planning on releasing it probably very shortly after. We want to come, like, to TV very shortly after um, John Wick 4. Um, it doesn't have to because of spoilers. They said it, the, the events in 4 will not affect the specifics of Continental or vice versa. It's just that seems like the timing would be the best for us. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. So, yeah, that's cool. Uh, in which case, I found then 
Another thing that well, I don't know if I, I missed. I was just because... pause on that for a second. That makes sense because you are when it when four drops, the buzz will be loud again. People will be interested in John Wick. Then you could promote the show while it's relevant. Because if you were to just be like, "This show's coming out," and you start promoting it right now, it would it would not gain as much traction. Well, I guess what I would probably do is follow the Mandalorian model. I would say let's release this Up show two. and have it end right around when John Wick's coming out mm. or right before so that, you know, everyone's psyched up in that world again. You yeah. know what I mean? But whatever, if they release it shortly after, I'm just, I would just be afraid that maybe people What do we like, get a baby of, though? Do we get a baby Keanu? It's going to be another pup. Do we get a... <laughs> can we just... Baby Menzukas? <laughs> He's the closest thing to a baby Yoda that that could have. Yeah, I guess so. But anyway, this sent me down an, uh, another thing that I don't... I, I'm not saying that I didn't see this when it was announced. Because the stories that I found were like from when the movie came out. Mm-hmm. If I saw it, I completely scrubbed it from my memory. Because it doesn't even sound familiar. Um, they're doing a spin-off movie called Ballerina. About one of those girls that are being trained by oh. Angelica Houston in John McThree. Interesting. So this story was on Deadline. This was from October of last year. Lionsgate has set Len Wiseman to direct Ballerina, an action spinoff of the lucrative John Wick franchise. Ballerina focuses on a young female assassin who seeks revenge against the people who killed her family. Which is weird because we have Black Widow coming out too. The picture is on a fast track with a script by Shay Hatton, whose credits include the Zack Snyder directed Army of the Dead for Netflix and John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. The picture is being produced by Basil Iwanek, Erica Lee, and Chad Stahelski. Um, who, and he's been the director or co-director of all three of the John Wick movies. Um, John Wick star Keanu Reeves is, as executive producer, along with Kaylee Smalley, head of development for Wiseman's sketch films. Female character was glimpsed in the last John Wick film, and it isn't clear at this point whether Reeves will be in that film, though if he does, it will be a cameo. Uh, Unity Felon is in the credits of Parabellum under the character Ballerina, but I am not sure who will be the star of the spinoff. Is she the one that so, falls or the one that pulls her toenail off? Or is that one on the same? I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. Um, the film takes center stage even as Lionsgate ramps up John Wick 4. Um, Parabellum's generated more than 3 to 23 worldwide at the box office. Um, and that's pretty much it for the story. But anyway, <laughs> uh, do you recall the announcement of Ballerina? Nope. Because like there was a lot of stories about it. I feel like I, that would have peaked Did not interest. even cross my... Nope. Nope. Didn't Super weird that I have no memory of that. That is that is very strange. Uh, did you say it's coming out around the same time as Black Widow? <laughs> no, I was just saying it's funny that this oh. is coming out imminently considering gotcha. Black Widow. I thought we had another no, deep impact know. Armageddon situation. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I don't know when this is supposed to... I don't even know if they... How did, didn't I screw Power that up once? Didn't I call it like... Didn't I? Wasn't it Dante speak in Deep Impact that I merged together? That would have been a sick B movie. Yeah, something like that. This volcano's going off. We're screwed. Oh God, we're safe. Meteor. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I saw that on Sci-Fi or something sometime. Wasn't the Sharknado or? Uh... We should do some B movies. Deep Deep Mageddon. Deep, oh my God. That's <laughs> oh, horrible. It's so bad. Oh, man. The Fast and Furious 9 teaser's out. Yeah, I saw that. It's hard to watch. And I love those movies so much. It's so hard to watch. Oh, why? It's just so awkward and weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's funny. I, yesterday, while I was uh, while I was working on putting the finishing touches on, on our 
Jedi Fallen Order review, I had the original Fast and Furious on. I was like, man, it's been a minute since I've seen this. <laughs> it's just, there's a line in the trailer about how he can't live his life a quarter mile at a time anymore, which is oh just so God, funny because I'm pretty sure they just like clipped I live my life a quarter mile at a time. Like it's like, almost as if they didn't actually record him saying that he can't do it. <laughs> oh, it was like one of those like VO things where I, you know, the sound I, changes is all I'm saying. <laughs> I have been curious about this phenomenon for many years. Back in my my youth of watching movies where I wasn't thinking critically in any way, shape, or form about this and knew nothing about the making of movies, I remember every once in a while coming across scenes in movies where... Bad dub? Not bad dub, where lines are delivered without the person saying the line. Oh, yeah. The yep. camera. So for the longest time, I didn't know that that was a thing re-recording and, and, and doing voiceover because they didn't like how like the line tested or whatever and it was too late for them to like have rewritten and reshot the mm-hmm. scene. I, I remember seeing That's that big on kid. 90s movies. You see that a lot. Like, a, like somebody yeah. drastically swinging their arms and their words are coming out and they're not actually saying anything. No, what I would no- I remember noticing it a couple of different times when I was a kid where there was like a scene and like the camera was kind of like tracking around like you know, like someone not sitting face to face per se but kind of like like a like perpendicular angle like where it was like if it was like on a square table like on consecutive sides as opposed to opposite sides mm-hmm. and like the camera coming around them and you see the face of the person that the person is speaking to but you see like the side and back of the head yeah. of the person delivering the line and there's a line coming out, and the person's jaw isn't moving. Right. And I was always, I remember being thrown, I was like, did they dub that over mm-hmm. or something? And like, never looked into it. Like, uh, never, like, once every couple of years, I would see a situation like that. I'm like, am I crazy or is that what's going on there? Like, and so, like, I saw something fairly recently about it, and then I was reading into it more with, um, did you read any of the reviews for that terrible Doolittle movie that Robert Downey Jr. was in? No, I just avoided ago? it altogether. You avoided it altogether. Yeah. Oh, I read some of the reviews just because it was such a train wreck. Everyone was like killing it so much. I was like, Aye. I just morbid curiosity. I just needed yeah. to know because I'm never gonna see the movie. And apparently, they did a ton of that. Some one review I was like, like I think 50 percent of the lines spoken by actual humans in that movie aren't actually spoken by the person at the time <laughs> they're it because it's all they're like the sh- the movie was clearly like rewritten and recut throughout the process and then again after it was done and no amount of editing could possibly save it so half of the lines are delivered without anyone you ever seeing the person deliver the line because they had to edit it in such a way that you wouldn't be able to see someone's face oh, and like man. I'm never sure who's talking to who because you never see someone looking at someone when they're saying something because all of it is redubbed lines and stuff like that they were saying at one point like some I don't know if it was like the accent changed on a character yes because they like clearly re-recorded oh lines God, later so bad they were saying like it was edited and shot and written so poorly that there are like character moments that make precisely zero sense or like things that are happening in a scene where like someone will say something and it wasn't teed up <laughs> in any way, shape, or form by what was going on. It's like did any of the people making or writing or recording the lines for these this movie even know what was going on at any point? Because like 
I, like, did anyone even know what it was was happening in any given scene because of how everything's rewritten and recut and mm-hmm. reshot? That's that's ridiculous. It sounds like that that movie's going to be a solid contender. I'm going to have to talk to Jesse. Uh, it seems like oh, that's a, movie, yeah because one of the rules is it has to have a major theatrical release. Yeah, this one will work. It's funny because it was one of those ones too that apparently this movie was actually like made several years ago, and just finally made it to screen. But I just don't understand how some some ideas can die and then that can happen. <laughs> well, it's like the sunk cost fallacy, right? Where it's like yeah. we spent like a hundred million dollars on this, so what's so let's also spend the money on- to distribute it and not even get the distribution money back. <laughs> yes. Oh God, what a. I mean, I don't know if that's the case, but if that's what it seems like. Well, I think the point is just you hope to God that someone's stupid enough to bring their kids to it. Yeah. Like, it's easier with a kid's movie, right? That's true. Yeah, and you market it that way, and then it'll just... There's something... Oh, especially if it's just like, you know, let's go as a family, let's go see something today. Oh, that's kid-friendly. We'll watch that. Although, with the, with the rise of, of, like, digital and stuff like that, like, I don't know why you wouldn't just push it, push it straight to, like, video on demand. Um, like, you have, like, DirecTV Cinema, like, people buy or rent, like, you know, rent the movie for three bucks, like, you're better off trying to get that than not release it at all. Like, if don't do the major theatrical release, right? Yeah. Unless it's, like... That's true. I don't know. That's weird. Very weird. Well, I guess with, uh, with, that would probably be the down, the, the problem with the subscription-based model is that you couldn't, you wouldn't be recouping costs. Like, it's a Disney movie, isn't it? Uh, I don't... I don't care. I was to say, you're probably not going to get... Um, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> you're, you're, you're probably not going to get uh, any subscriptions based on that. Like, if you were selling it for, like... No. You, no. you might. You might. But it's... Yeah. You, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's silly. I've got well, one... What's the little... thing? Is, it, it, was, it was so bad and so tortured a process that, like, even Netflix isn't going to purchase it. Yeah. Eh. Anyway, I've got, I've got one more... Uh, on my side are you familiar with this phenomenon that i just didn't know was happening of movies being made into broadway musicals um yes but only because i watched jeopardy a couple times a week. okay so i see commercials for plays got it got it all right so so you're familiar <laughs> Beetlejuice is a thing uh yeah i'm aware i'm kind of curious about that one mean girls is a thing saw it last night it was really fun that's that's uh, uh no, hey, gonna, we're gonna get into I'm it. I'm confused by the phenomenon. We're gonna I, we're gonna get into that one. Uh, Mean Girls, uh, because I want to talk about that a little bit. But the one that actually piqued my interest, which is it bothers me that I won't be able to see it, is there's a Back to the Future musical opening this February at the Manchester Opera House for 12 weeks. So we're not even gonna be able to see it. It's not even coming here, <laughs> unless uh, I don't know, unless it does really good maybe, and they they travel. But it actually yeah. the promotional material actually has Christopher Lloyd. And he's like sitting at a desk and he's reading a paper and Marty comes in, this guy playing Marty, who is nailing it. You should really watch the promo. Like it's it's really he looks and sounds just like Michael J. Fox. But wow. it, it does a really good job. And then uh the Doc Brown character comes in all as frantic as the Marty character previously did, and uh Christopher Lloyd pulls down the paper and looks at him and he says something along the lines of like, You'll do. <laughs> which i thought was really cute but uh i i want to i would love to i love back to the future i, w- I would like to see that and then uh, then all that was playing in my head was john mulaney doing the back to the future pitch have you ever heard his stand-up on that he uh i forget he does he just basically does the back to the future pitch like in a pitch meeting to a studio mm-hmm. and it's amazing 
and he's like he's gonna go back to the future and he's like and they're gonna he's gonna go to the past and the when it's like one of the guys jumps up and goes and stop the kennedy assassination no that would have been a great idea <laughs> he's gonna try to fuck his mom <laughs> 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 but anyway, that I think the Back to the Future one could be fun because there's some good music in there. So I feel like if you're, it, they're gonna do some of those songs like live as part of the play, and then some originals could be could be entertaining. Nothing crazy. The Mean Girls one was interesting. Uh, we went to go see it last night because we had a Kim had audience rewards like points that were expiring, and we were able to get like really cheap tickets. Oh, okay. uh, and we ended up being like I don't know like like nine rows back we were like very it was great great seats it was it was a lot of fun um seven hundred dollar beer it was uh you know you know how you know how it is at a broadway play i i i, I went a couple of years ago i sat really close for uh les mis mm. um that was the only time i've sat like particularly close to the stage okay that was that was a cool experience Did it, i think we were like we were like second row for an early uh, uh an early showing of um dear evan hansen with Ben Platt, which mm. was just amazing. And <laughs> we were also, I think, second row for, uh, if not first, for a rock of ages. And it was, that was oh, really yeah. fun. But anyway, this, this, so it's funny. Like we, we, we both love Mean Girls, the, the movie. Uh, it's, it's so funny. It's such a great, it's a great movie. Th- thanks for that clarification. The movie. It, the, well, I have to, I, I, it's, <laughs> well, we're talking about the play too. So I have to be, I have to be. Well, no, because the way it came out, it sounded to me like you were trying to tell me that you weren't actually a fan of, Girls who were mean. <laughs> you were a fan of the movie. Mean we girls. both love mean women. <laughs> thanks, thanks for the clarification. This paints Kim in a whole new light. <laughs> we love mean girls. Uh, it's so funny. It's a very quotable movie. Uh, it's lines that you can go back to over and over again. And as the play starts, and like some of the music's good, uh, the lead, she was tremendous. Her voice was amazing. Uh, there was some... Uh, they did some fun scenery things. Actually, the set design was really cool. But overall, as you're watching it, you, you you almost want it to be the movie. And at the end, by the time it's over, you're like, man, I really want to watch the movie. And then you're like, wait, what was that for that I just did? <laughs> why? I don't know. Like, why did we just go through that? And, then, yeah. and it, not, not, like, not that it was a waste of time. It was fun. I actually, I enjoyed myself watching it. But it really is like, why was this made? Like, what was this choice? How did this happen? Yeah, I don't get those movies being made into plays thing like it it's weird i don't it's know it's very strange they had to like they brought some of it up to the time they brought like social media involved in the storytelling a little bit which was actually which was pretty good the way they did it, handled it was was fine um some of the characters were actually very very funny uh some of the characters were not i was looking forward to the principal character because the uh. principal is hysterical in the movie and in the play is basically just reading the same lines without the comedic delivery of the actual character. So it was just it just fell flat a lot of the times. Okay. It, was, it was strange. One of the best parts about it, though, this is a very big cast. There's a lot of people on stage at the time because they're giving. It feels like a high school hallway a lot of the times, and having so many people on stage, like and maneuvering them all. The choreography was actually really good. What was so funny to me is there's like. There was probably like I don't know like six guys in the play playing like playing the the male classmates. Yeah. But when they're doing like all of the the all female scenes, they're dressed up as women. And they're playing girls because they need they have like they were filling the space and they were also doing like some 
extra stuff like lifting people and things like that like and like moving things around like the set and it it i didn't even notice until the second act that this was happening and i was like oh wait a minute <laughs> i was like that's that guy from the other scene like this is hysterical <laughs> and like they were like you could they were having a lot of fun doing it it was really it was really funny to watch once you, once you realize what was going on but uh yeah. it was it was it was fun but completely unnecessary see this made me just um, i've been a little distracted for the last like 90 seconds mm. um they sent me down a rabbit hole. Off the top of your head, could you tell me who it is who plays um, her parents in the movie? Lindsay Lohan's character. Um, is it... Is someone from Step Brothers the mom? Okay. I think of her name. Yeah, but see, the weird thing is, and I don't know what movie I'm thinking of, I think I, I, I combined two different movies. Because I'm like... I'm thinking when you were talking about like 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 all of I'm like didn't the janitor from Scrubs play her dad, which he did, um, but yeah it's the it's the one Anna Gaston yes. or whatever who is the mom I guess but for some reason I was thinking it was Tammy two, or no, Tammy one from Parks and Rec but she was someone's mom in a different movie and I don't remember what movie it is now. yeah huh yeah yeah you're right and it was like a similar time similar. High school. Yeah, like similar movie, like similar like high school yep. like kids like movie like. If you look, if you look her up, you don't you don't see it. You can't spot it. Um, I don't remember her name. So, the actress's name. Tammy two. He. No, Tammy one. Tammy one. Tammy one. Uh, Patricia Clarkson. Yes, that's her name. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I'm not going to be able to uh, focus if I can't figure this That's, out. I'm like, why? Because I'm like, I'm thinking in my head. I don't remember. I don't even remember exactly why I was thinking it. But I was like, as you're talking about the movie, I'm like, weren't her parents Tammy One and <laughs> the the Jenner from Scrubs? And what a weird pairing that is. Um, and, and Easy I looked a. it up, and I was like, okay, so the. Uh, maybe that's what it is. The weird thing is, I never actually saw that. Movie. I didn't like, either. I've seen bits of it. I know my, I know my sister was a big fan of it. Like when it came out. Um. So I think I've seen parts of it when she was watching it, but I don't think I've ever actually like seen a substantial amount of that movie. And for whatever reason, I made what's her name's parents the two of them from two separate movies of like similar time, like similar idea. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. Yeah, I think that must be what it is. Yeah, I just a quick scroll that seems to fit the category. Also, this is apropos of absolutely nothing other than the ridiculousness of this woman playing two different people with a number in their name. Because she's Tammy One, and I'm looking down right under Easy A in Shutter Island. She's Rachel. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Oh man, I've been there. There's been a lot of Parks and Rec playing in the background these past few weeks, and there is just solid gold in that show. Oh, it's great. Solid gold. I love it. That seems to be like one of your go-to like white noise things while you're working. So you text me random lines from Parks and Rec all the yeah. time. And I only recognize them like 80% of the it's, time. And like sometimes I feel like I'm an idiot for not getting Lately, it. it's while I'm cooking. I have it on. Because oh, I'll put okay. like a podcast on usually. But I just like, I'm not really like fully paying attention. So I like, I, there's stuff that I want to actually listen to. So I can't do it at that point. So I just put, t- I'll put the TV on the background. It was Friends for the longest time because it was on Netflix and it was easy to just click on. Uh, it was Seinfeld and then I played through the whole series. So now I was just like, I, I like turned Parks and Rec on and just started in the middle because I've seen it all. And I was just like, whatever, I'll just throw it on while I'm doing this. And then it just played on since then. And it's just, I it, the show is so silly. I love it. The, this just reminded me um, of just like, you know, off the air, excellent like sitcom shows from fairly recent past. Um, I started a bit of a uh, fire on Twitter with uh, some of my friends 
Um, did you see what I tweeted about uh, about New Girl today? Oh no! <laughs> you you watched all yeah. New Girl, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there was like you know every once in a while you see like a bunch of people retweet like the same like thing, um, and it's like you know one of those like oh blank like it gives you like a situation and like everyone re- like re- responds like their thing. Uh, so let me find the actual like tweet so I can uh, I can get it worded properly. Is oh name a show where the lead character is the worst character in the show. And the person says, I'll go first. It's Sabrina Spellman. <laughs> and so I, like, quote tweeted it and said, we can all admit it's New Girl, right? I said, Jess was behind the whole main cast and almost all the guest stars, except for Robbie and Bearclaw. <laughs> Could not stand either of those <laughs> Oh, you don't characters. like Robbie? <laughs> At times, but overall, he just annoyed me more often than not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Bearclaw, Josh Gad is great at playing someone that you hate. Mm-hmm. But I hated that character so much, and I just wanted him to go away. And he's only in, like, what, five episodes across, like, like multiple seasons? Yeah. And any time he showed up, I'm like, fuck, Bearclaw again? Like, are you serious? <laughs> There's even one episode where I think Bearclaw and Robbie are, like, substantially in the one episode. And I'm like, I like, together. Yeah. And I'm like, I just, this is, like, a worst-case scenario for me. But, yeah, I... Jess really annoyed me on that yeah. show. It was a tremendous show. It's not like she didn't have her moments, but overall, I I liked her the least of yeah. like the entire cast. Everyone she, on that show. She gets like on that. my nerves a lot because, but it's it's the it's the way that, it's not her. It's the character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, the character of Jess. I just don't. Yeah, like, for sure. I don't like the character. Yeah, especially with this. So, but is a necessary character that really it really gives a lot of the the other like all of the funny stuff i feel like happens around her though like it's so like it's it's fun it's interesting like that yeah it, that that could be the one that like it, it irks you the most but is so necessary to everything yeah it's, it's, funny. it's just like it, like it's not like there wasn't like good to her and the character it's just overall she just annoyed yeah. me more often than not and like was just setting up the good jokes of the rest of the cast or setting up the good storylines of the rest of the cast um, and yeah, so like a couple of my friends, like our friend of the Spin Shoe and Schaefer is, he's biased because he has a huge crush on Zoe Deschanel. So he's like, you're fucking insane. I was just like, ah. <laughs> and so we got to, so my sister got into it too. Like so she started going in and I was like, I was like, Hey, like, like you should go in. Cause like we were talking about it. Cause me and her were like in the, like the room together, like when this is going on and she's like, you're right. Yeah. She's, she's annoying. Like, I was like, just do me a favor and just jump in there and just say it too. <laughs> just because I just want we'll to see if we can get him to snap. <laughs> That's great. Uh, who is your favorite character on that show? Um, it kind of really just comes down to the episode, yeah. but it's it's between Schmidt and yeah. the two of them are great. They're great together. I um, yeah, they, they they really are. Uh, it, it most of the time it flip flops for me between those two. But in the later season, when Winston just loses his goddamn mind, he, I find him to be really funny. My one of my See, favorite. Most of the, I'll say most of the run, I wasn't a big fan of Winston. Mm. I liked him early on, and then when they brought Coach back, the two characters, like the the ensemble was out of whack. Like yeah. The show needed Coach or Winston, and it's not because it was like Walking Dead. We can only have one black. <laughs> There just was literally too much going on with that many yep. leads. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them, like, being, like, ex-athletes and being, like, even though their personalities were different, like, there just wasn't enough room to let the whole show breathe. Yeah. But when either of them was on, it was much better than when both of them was on. And then when Coach leaves and Winston 
gets room to go crazy and then come back so around good. to having like an actual because for a long time he just didn't. Yeah, have he's a just count. there. And so I, I was just like, he's like, like he's not being funny enough to warrant it. And then like when they started doing the, the I always love the classic CC and Winston. Mess yeah, <laughs> the, those cracked me up. Like some of the stuff with the with the cat was really Winston funny. is puzzling is one of the things that's gotten me. Every I think about that <laughs> weekly, and and I think it's the scene because it's a perfect combination of Winston and Schmidt. Where he goes, I wonder what it's going to look like. And Schmidt goes, it's a Japanese garden. It's on the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the, like, his relationship with Ali ended up being really good. I ended up yeah. liking that whole storyline, the way things went with the two of them. So I ended up warming to Winston in like the last two seasons of the show. Um, but yeah, for, for a long time, he didn't really do anything for me. Like, I didn't dislike him. I just like... Unless he got the opportunity to do, like, the best joke of that particular episode, a lot of times he was just kind of there. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I liked everyone. Even, like, some of the... Well, obviously, Tran is a legend. Oh, yeah. Um, Nick's outside relationship D- with Tran outside is Outside Dave amazing. is hysterical. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, wh- um, one of my favorite... <laughs> another... another. The thing is, when I think about the show, there's a handful of clips that really pop... Like, that pop back to me that are just like, as the funniest... Like, some of the funniest TV. And... One of them that involves Winston is when he's like, that's why I wore my favorite brown shoes. And he goes, they're like, Winston, your shoes are green. He's like, no, they're as brown as Kermit the Frog and money. (laughs) (laughs) And and then I don't know if it's it's Schmidt or Nick, but one of them goes, Winston, what color do you think you are? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely There's so many great lines in that. In that show, Game the, the cookie that got me. you cookie. <laughs> That's yeah. my favorite of all time. <laughs> yeah, that was great. I'm not a good friend. I don't know how to do this. I gave you cookie. You gave me cookie. I got you cookie. <laughs> um, there's so many great like Schmidt lines. Um, the the one that they ended where like they just kept making him go to the douchebag jar because yep. everything he said was somehow juicier than the thing he said before. I can't find my driving mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen my shark skin lap, la, uh, laptop cover? <laughs> or laptop case, so, whatever it was. Yeah, some of those things that are just like like one-off skits that they'll like circle back yeah, to. That was like a post-credit yeah. thing. <laughs> or like the when he's doing his parkour. So parkour. good. Uh, another one of my favorites is uh, I Know How I'm Gonna Die. One of these moles is gonna get me. It's gonna turn green one day and that's gonna be the end of old Schmitty. <laughs> I love any time, basically any time they did uh, Schmidt and Nick in college together yep. with Fat Schmidt. Mm-hmm. Cracks me up every so time. So good. You're weird, man. <laughs> he, he's just yeah. laughing. He's chewing on the hard, dry ramen. <laughs> God, that show was great. Uh, do you have any other news and nuggets? Uh, well, it sounds like we're going to push Mr. Robot again. Mm. Um, I have. Do you want to talk about the reaction to Birds of Prey? Oh, sure. I haven't heard anything. Okay, so it was today. I saw this just a couple hours ago. First Birds of Prey reaction. Celebrate a wild action fest in the Harley Quinn spirit. Cool. This is on Collider. Um, skipping this, skipping this. <laughs> something uh, good, something good. <laughs> yes, which brings a slew of fan-favorite comic characters on the screen and sees Suicide Squad stand out, make some unlikely alliances with Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Black Canary, Journey Smollett-Bell, Cassandra Kane, Ella J. Basco, and Gotham PD's Renee Montoya, Rosie Perez, to bring down the villainous Black Mask Ewan McGregor, blah, 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 something about John Wick. Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, who says, uh, some, someone from Adam, 
Alicia Grosso, who says, It's like if John Wick were run through a crazy funhouse filter and stuffed full of glitter and F-bombs. Okay. Uh, in addition to Wick, a call-out that makes a lot of sense considering Wick franchise Helmer Chad Stahelski was called in to shoot some of the action pickups. The, f- the first reactions name drop Tarantino, Deadpool, and The Tick. That was that show mm-hmm. with, uh, what's his name? Patrick Warburton. Um, okay, so we have some tweets that are the reactions. Um, that was the one about the F-bombs and glitter. Jermaine uh, <laughs> Lucier from uh, AV Club said, uh, Birds of Prey is solid. The unpredictable structure keeps the first half moving and the action boosts the rest. Robbie's excellent, as is McGregor. It's tamer than expected and the basic story can get lost in the complex setups, but it works more often than not. Terry Schwartz said, um, I liked it a lot. The stuff I loved is the action, the tone, and just how creative the direction is. Margot Robbie completely sells the incredibly choreographed fight sequences and their gleeful brutality. This whole scene in particular, there's a video Mm -hmm. to that. Um, Laura Prudhomme says, uh, it's a riot oozing with attitude and some of the most inventive bone-crushing fight scenes in the superhero genre to date. I went in with low expectations and was pleasantly surprised by how much That's going to be a key factor, though. Yes, it doesn't reinvent the wheel, but it has style to spare. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angie Han said, winning characters above average action and a killer soundtrack hampered by uneven tone and pacing. The girls at their best together and they're not together enough. Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Huntress is the not-so-secret MVP. Hmm. Eric Davis said it has terrific action, humor, and some of the more memorable characters we've seen in a DC movie. But the biggest highlight is Robbie. She is fantabulous as Harley while also proving that sometimes our most valued relationships are the ones we have with good food. (laughs) It's funny, the... uh the first trailers trailer i think it was the first couple were horrible there's not they're not good and when the trail when you watch the trailer you go oh boy like why are we doing this and then recently i saw a new trailer i think it was the first time yeah we talked about it we talked about it a few weeks ago i was just like oh that like (laughs) to my surprise this looks good (laughs) and so i'm 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 interested and the bar is low and i think it's going to be i mean it's going to be infinitely better than suicide squad regardless yeah, so. the the first trailer I had zero interest, Same. and then that last trailer I was like, oh, there might be. Uh, oh wait, there. oh there's there is a movie somewhere jumbled in here. <laughs> yeah, um, so that's uh, that's a cool. Thing that's so that's, so that's that'll cool. be it. That'll that will, I mean probably within the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, so since Mr. Robot is going to become our version of Cloud Atlas, um, <laughs> let's do a what we're watching. Are you watching? Uh, I am watching Shit's Creek. Veep, yes, as am I. Uh, Veep, I think I'm in the fifth season now, or I'm, I think I'm wrapping up the fourth season, maybe. Um, nice, nice. I'm so you're about halfway. Yeah, it's 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 silly. It's gotten it's finally hit the point of like, I think about it like, oh, I'd like to watch some more of that tonight. Which is funny because I think precisely eight days ago you were like, I'm never yeah. like, huh? I really yeah. sit down and watch Veep. Like right? there was something <laughs> that happened in the, in the past, like I think ten. I, you know what it is? Um. It's when Hugh Laurie joined the cast. Yeah, he his addition is it, it, the dynamic shifted and the writing just works even better. Anyway, so Veep, Shit's Creek. Uh, I'm also watching a couple of other sitcoms. Um, uh, what well, sitcoms? They're not sitcoms. They're See, not, I they're, always, not, they're not situational I, I comedies. Too, when I think sitcom, <laughs> I think Seinfeld, Friends. All right. Not New Girl. Not Parks a million Red. little things. Or, well, that's definitely not a sitcom. Or This Is Us, <laughs> which Those are, are not... dramedies? <laughs> Drama- they're, they're definitely dramas. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I get the vibe that maybe a million... Family drama. They're family dramas. Funnier. Okay. 
I guess. Yeah, they have. So, they, I mean, there's some stuff that happens in them that's funny, but like there, there, there's a serious tone throughout them. So like Parasite. Pretty morbid. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, what are, What are you watching? So I'm also watching, uh, obviously, uh, Shit's Creek. Although I'm an episode behind you guys, it sounds like. Um, mm. I am watching Curb, which had a tremendous premiere last week. Strong nice. follow up this week. Um, I started watching Avenue Five, which, um, speaking of Josh Gad playing a, just open the beer, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're like trying to do it secretly, but yep. really failing at it. Either hit like, the mute button, I'm or just like just crinkling it. the entire package. <laughs> yeah, either hit the mute button or just be like, "Fuck you!" I'm opening the can and just open it. <laughs> the, um, but what happened was, as I was pulling the tab, I was like, "I should hit the mute button," and then it cracked, and I was like, "Ugh." <laughs> <laughs> um anyway avenue five josh gad playing a piece of shit just like when he was playing bear claw um but i find this character to be funny i mean he's the worst but it's mm. funny um he does that character well um the worst. But, yeah but the big thing i'm watching that like has like something substantial like tangible um because i'm like binging it is the expanse what's that on um, so it was on Sci-Fi for the first three seasons, and then Sci-Fi canceled it, but it was picked up by Amazon. A new season came out last month, and they had already renewed it for another season to come out, I think, next year. Hmm. How's um, that? It's good. <laughs> it's, not, it's not great. It's mm-hmm. good. Um, it is interesting. <laughs> Something I don't really think of as being, like... Something I have to concern myself with in the 21st century is, like, sound mixing and editing. Mm. Um, There were times, especially in the first few episodes while I was trying to get my bearings, where I literally couldn't hear what was being said. Uh, It's fucking the worst. And I'm like, that's super annoying. And when, like, there's a bunch of... So the basic premise is, I think, so this is based on, like, sci-fi novels. Um, It's 200-ish years in the future. In our solar system, humanity has, like, full-blown colonies on Mars in, like, domes, um, as well as many colonies, little colonies in, like, the asteroid belt and some of the big moons on some of the big, ma- of the, some, like, like Jupiter and Saturn. Um, but there's kind of become, like, a Cold War thing where Earth is a united front, all run by the United Nations. Mars has kind of they they maintain like political ties but they're fully their own thing and it's become quite clear that they wish to outstrip Earth and start dictating instead <laughs> okay. of instead of like not necessarily conquering but it's like we're not going to be little brother anymore we're going to be big yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's everyone who lives out in the belt they call them belters um, who are very, very loosely governed by what they call the OPA, the Outer Planetary Alliance. Depending on who you ask, that's either a collection of so-called leaders or terrorist groups. Got it. Um, <laughs> depending on the situation, because they are just that diverse in how they are. So the people who grew up and lived in the belt their whole life, uh, they call belters, speak <laughs> what is officially called in their lore, Belter Creole. And it is quite similar to Creole. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> uh, some of the accents, um, kind of ridiculous. <laughs> so when you take a show where people speaking normal English at times are just literally hard to hear, 
people then speaking in a ridiculous accent with futuristic slang is even worse to understand. Mm. So it did take me a little longer to fully catch on to what was going on in some cases. Um, and this show has no interest in holding your hand at all. So like, okay. it, it like it's going to just throw you into the deep end and expect yeah. you to know how to swim. Uh, not to say that they don't explain things, but like they don't ever sit down. Okay, now we're going to tell the story about how this happened. You know what right, I mean? Like, right, and now right. we're going to sit down and explain how this works. You'll pick it's it up a, it's a, through what's going it's on. A, it's adult. It's adult reading. Yeah. It's adult level reading. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is fine, but if you're going to do that, I need to be able to hear what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, either, either hold my hand because I can't understand you, or don't hold my hand and let me be able to understand Right. <laughs> now, are you going to watch it with subtitles? I, I, I considered it um, after the first four or five episodes. Once I knew all the names of every buddy in the places i was able to follow what the fuck they were saying sure um, I, I think about that sometimes when i when i run into this issue and i'm like oh i'll just put the subtitles on and i'm like wait a minute no this is not my problem to solve <laughs> this is on you guys yeah um i was stubborn with it and just kept with it and it worked out and it's a good show it you know i always kind of poo poo things on like sci-fi or cw for that matter um this isn't wrong. like all the other... What? I said you're not wrong. Yeah. I still um, like it. <laughs> fine, yeah, which we talked about a few yeah. weeks ago, right? Like, I, you know, as long as you understand what it is, mm-hmm. that it is, like, you know, it's not... As long as you're not acting like it's prestige television, by all means, enjoy it. It's... Um, and this definitely it's, isn't. It's just cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say... I was gonna say... Sure, as long as you're aware it's cocaine, go ahead and enjoy it. But no, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, I uh, I just spit take my own joke. Yeah, kind what of. What the hell was that about? <laughs> I'm all sorts of off. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Uh, so yeah, I uh, it, I always I, I remember when the show was coming out. I was like, oh, that looks kind of interesting, and like because I saw like a commercial. It's like yeah. on sci-fi. I was like, and I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because they just look, a lot of the, their effects look cheesy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of just... the, the shows themselves are like CW, like MTV type of cheesy. And I'm like, just not, like, it seems like a cool premise. It seems like the type of thing I'd be interested in, considering my love of, like, Mass Effect and Star Wars and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Not gonna, so my my brother Dominic, his friend Brian, who has actually listened to some of our show. I don't think he's a regular listener, but he has listened to a good handful of our episodes. Um has been pushing me and Dominic for a couple of years now to watch that show, that he, he watches it. Um, again, all three of us are huge Mass Effect fans, and that's a yeah. big part. And all three of us are huge Star Wars fans. So I was just looking for something to watch, finish The Witcher, nothing really to, to like binge or whatever, because I, I watch a lot of stuff at work, and I need like something that I can just knock out. And I was like, okay. I remember seeing the new seasons out on, on Amazon. He's been mentioning it forever. I'll give it a shot. I like the show. It's a good show. It's the biggest thing is that it the show itself isn't nearly as cheesy as I fear sci-fi shows to be. Okay. Um, and the the effects are better than I expected. They're still not great. A lot of times it's just like, but they have their house style and whatever. Like it looks good for what it is, but it's just like you'll never be confused for thinking that it's like real. Like it's okay. This this was made on a computer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and. 
Although there was a couple of lines, and I, I was saving one for because I haven't even told Brian that I've started watching the show yet. And there was a specific line because I think he's going to be here for the Super Bowl that I wanted to mention him. Where like someone said something, and then the next person says, "I was like, I literally went, oh God, <laughs> it hurt." Yeah, I was you like, felt that's it? so bad. But the thing is, that was like one of like two times where that happened. It's really not that bad. And even by I'm so I'm about halfway through the second season of a total of four that are available right now. Um, and, like, it's gotten to the point where there's a substantial thing that happens, and, uh, you know, I got feels from it. I was like, oh, you know what? I've I've established a connection with the right. show. It's, I'm, it's, I'm in some, whatever degree, I'm invested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was like, you know what? Good on them. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. still not going to watch anything on sci-fi. Um, okay. But Just... I'm going to watch the show. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a good, solid cool. show. It's got a cool premise. It's got the type of hook that would get me interested in what's going on. Um, the hook brings you back. Yeah. So, um, and the performance so far, and the performances, like, you know, the cast is fine. Like, there's a handful of recognizable people, and not just like, hey, I know that person. None of them are A-listers. Um, Tom Jane is one of the leads. Mm. Um, Sh- um, Shorey Agdashlu, who you've definitely seen in things, even if you don't yeah, know the, the name. Yeah, name sounds familiar. Yeah, she, uh, I want to say she's Iranian, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the first couple of things, like she was like a terrorist wife on Twenty Four, like she like was like uh, pigeonholed into a lot of those types of roles. I think then, I know. I, I I that was the person I was picturing. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. She was in. She was in the Punisher. She she was um, yep. Dina Madani's mother, the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. She's yep. got that very very raspy voice. The raspiest voice I've ever heard on a woman. Yeah. Um, but she's actually a good actress too. Oh, um, yeah. and she's done very well in the show. And there's a couple other people who pop up as guest stars. Jared Harris, who's a great actor, actually. I mean, never like a leading man, but great actor. Um, he's in the the, the weaving uh, Defoe category. <laughs> he was tremendous in the terror. The, the first weaving Defoe the sounds like some sort of maneuver you pull off with a jet fighter. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, I could see that. I could see the, the or like a or okay like a class Jedi today. We're dance. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> like a Jedi stance. Yeah, no, it's good. To, the the words are too normal. I'll just say that that could be all right, kids. Today we're learning the weaving Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, legitimately solid show that I've been enjoying. Cool. Um, I'm interested a- to have you check in on it as the weeks go on to see if you stay with it or. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it. It's my binge yeah. show right now. It's the only show I'm binging, so that that'll be uh, like I'll I'll go yeah. I'm, no, I'm, cu- I'm curious where it'll where it'll net out in the end. Last night, you know, after I watched Parasite, I, I knocked out a couple episodes. And okay, you know, how long were the episodes? Um, forty-five minutes. Oh, okay. You know, standard hour for television. Type hour commercials. Show. Not yeah. AMC standard. Okay, got it. What's up? If it was, if it was a not AMC standard. No, so. yeah. <laughs> About forty-seven minutes and like forty seconds, as opposed to like twenty-six. <laughs> Whatever the hell. Well, the, the, the nice thing is, folding. there's no filler because it's it's. I mean, it's based on it's similar in its scope. I'm not not I'm saying in quality or level of detail, but it's similar in its scope to Game of Thrones. There's three main things that it follows. Um, Thrones in space. Yeah, um, and and it actually does have some overlap with that because a lot of it is about the politicking between the two. Again, it does not have um, the level of detail, and, you know. But there's some intricacies to the machinations and there's, you know, mm-hmm. who's on whose side now and who can be trusted and not. So there are some similarities there, but not nearly the depth of detail 
Um, but it follows, like, th- the first season follows three main storylines with the occasional one-off to another little thing that's going on with just some world-building stuff. Um, but it, there's something on Earth, there's something on Sears, which, which is, you know, one of the the big, like, planetoids in the belt, and uh, a situation following a group on a ship um, that's investigating. And all three things end up tying into each other eventually, of course. Um so, you know, the the breadth of it, the cast is rather large. There's a lot going on, and it's it's got a lot going for it. So, it's interesting. Cool. cool. I'm interested to see how it how it nets out. Yeah, so when we get to uh, my final thoughts on Mr. Robot a month from now, we'll, uh, we'll do that one after. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. <laughs> do you have anything else for the news and nuggets portion of this episode? No, because due to both the length of this episode itself, plus unforeseen circumstances, this one, again, is going to take us till about 1 a.m. So. Most likely. <laughs> So with that being said, before we get into our flick, it's time for fun and games. Yeah, I was looking forward to this one. And for this one, I have a weird one. Okay, nice. I will tell you now that I didn't actually take the quiz, but I clicked through it to make sure that I can get through it quickly. Uh, okay, good. Because last uh, week we had issues. Two weeks a, ago we had issues. Yeah, I believe it's a it's it, one you can get through it and see the questions. So that's you know, <laughs> that's good. Uh, two, it's only five questions. Oh, okay. And D. Nice. It's called. <laughs> that's a that's Home Alone, right? Um, was it? Is it A two D? I don't. When Buzz is giving the three points. Uh. <laughs> anyway, this quiz is what kind of intestinal parasite are you? <laughs> 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 and the questions are weird. Disgusting. <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Question number one, Al. About how tall are you? Here are your options: tall, average, average but wide. Short, with a sad face. Oh, those are the options? Those are the options. Sorry, you put your hand out, and I thought it was like pause for dramatic effect, and then there was going to be one more. No, no. Um, the frowny face is in the answer for short. I guess average but wide? Average but wide, okay. I do I'm, I'm above average height. I'm not tall, though. If you could go somewhere for a holiday, out of these options, where would you choose? Somewhere tropical? Asia? America, anywhere with lots of animals. Uh, tropical. Okay, okay. If you were a parasite, where would you want to live? <laughs> uh, now, bear with me here because these choices have punctuation, so I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Soil. Food. Anywhere? <laughs> Water. Um, food? Uh, I believe it was food. Uh, that's right. I, I, uh, <laughs> anywhere was the question. I should have said emphatically food. <laughs> How would you destroy your prey? Slowly infect them, but not destroy them. I just need a place to live. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the options. Yeah. Lots of eggs. Numbers are key. Make them feel sick and nauseous. Weight loss. Taking their nutrients. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sick quiz yeah i'm very uncomfortable with this uh let's go with eggs <laughs> eggs this reminds me it was a big daddy what are you doing Egg- at eggs ew gross <laughs> <laughs> you see a kid playing he gets hurt and cries what do you do just ignore i'll get a bunch of friends to play with him if he is still crying later i will help where are the parents <laughs> is he bleeding I must help. Let's go with that one, I guess. Okay. 
I just want to know how that's factoring in to the yeah, equation. I'm, I too am curious about this. What kind of intestinal parasite are you, Al? You're a hookworm. Nice. A hookworm is an intestinal parasite found in tropical and subtropical regions of the world. Approximately, I, I'm pretty sure the you choosing tropical was what got you this answer. Approximately, what? Where did the kid come into play? I don't know. Until you said the tropical thing, though, I was wondering if it was going to be the eggs, but it seems like uh, right. it's a tropical thing. Approximately one billion people are infected with hookworm. The larvae are able to penetrate the skin and enter the bloodstream, eventually making their way to the small intestine. Children are at especially high risk because of their tendency to play in soil or walk around barefoot. And then it says, congratulations, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> Pretty sure there was a, a, God. a joke that became a recurring joke internal to an episode about hookworms in Archer. It was after you find out that Woodhouse is a heroin addict. Okay. And okay. for some reason he doesn't have shoes on. <laughs> and Archer, I think, says something along the lines of, I don't know if it was find your shoes or put on some shoes, otherwise you're going to get hookworms again or something oh my like God. that. And then there's a callback to it later in the episode. <laughs> that show is ridiculous. One of these days, I will finish it. So, Oscar Sunday? Not uh, Archer? Oh, that's right. That's when we're doing it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Um, hey, I guess uh, with that being said, I believe it's time for our Flick of the Week. Parasite, released in 2019. Rated R. All unemployed Kai Tech and his family take peculiar interest in the wealthy and glamorous parks as a... Oh, okay. I... Oh. Park is a family, not Park a family. is a family. I definitely, it, it, it was completely lost on me that that was a capital P when I was reading it. <laughs> as they, as they, in, <laughs> oh my God. As they ingratiate themselves into their lives, like, this is not the movie I watched. <laughs> They're just obsessed with parks. They're like, these are beautiful. <laughs> we should look. Good Lord. As they ingratiate themselves into their lives and get entangled in an unexpected incident. This movie was bizarre. Yeah, also, that is really not a very good description because... No. It starts with the son getting to know the family. It had nothing to do with Kitek. He's he's the third of the four of them to get involved. That is what's interesting. I feel like a lot of the marketing and a lot of like talk that I've heard have really framed him as, like, Kitek as the as the like the main character but i but well he's also he's like prominent on the poster true but the yeah. the son is the is the as far as i'm concerned the son is the is the main character of the story uh the family is the main character but he if you had to pick one yes, yeah that that's what i mean like at the end of the day you get a gun to your head <laughs> you pick yeah. one yeah kevin. i would choose i would choose the kevin kiwu right <laughs> yeah um kevin yep uh, this movie is strange. All right, give me your tweet. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I have that. A surreal look at the very real problems concerning class divide in developed countries with a strong script and willing performers that nimbly jumps from laugh out loud funny to pitch black in an instant. Hmm. Nice. Nice. I, what you said there at the end is pretty much mine. A genre roller coaster with strong Jordan Peele, Alex Garland vibes from tone, structure, and cinematography. Hmm. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, it's a, it's a. He, this is one of the things uh, that's interesting about this movie. I'm gonna put it out there right now. Um, 
wouldn't be upset if it won Best Picture. I think it's 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 perfectly fine. Uh, it wouldn't be my choice. I don't think that I would have nominated it necessarily. I will say I'm glad that it's gotten the traction that it's gotten because otherwise I probably wouldn't have seen it. Yeah, which and is I'm funny glad because Bong Joon Ho now is on a roll for like the last. Five it or seems so that years. way. Yeah, he's done like hit after hit. Um, Snowpiercer obviously had a much more American audience than some of his other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's and there's that not- show too that's happening now because. Yeah, well, the Snow, there's a Snowpiercer show, and he's also said that he's doing a show involved with this, too. Oh, with Parasite? Yeah. I didn't um, realize that was a thing. And I think with HBO. Oh, okay. Um, and Okja was really well-regarded, and like mm-hmm. there was a lot of hype around it when it came out. I think it was in 2018. Yeah. Um, I, actually, I think it's kind of cool. Um, the, the guy who plays uh, Key Tech... Um, uh, what the hell was his name? Uh, Ka- yeah, Kang Ho Song. Uh, he's been in, like, every one of his movies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, and a couple of these other actors and actresses have been in multiple ones as well. But, like, I was I was looking, like, because I was the him, I was like, oh, Michael he's Caine. Michael yeah, Caine, kind of, Nolan, like, pairing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe more appropriately, Killian Murphy, I think. Because That's, okay. Yeah. Um, but still. Uh, yeah, no, because, like, he was in Snowpiercer. He was in The Host. He was in um, Okja. He's in a couple other ones, too. So mm. Interesting. I that was kind of cool. Uh, overall, did you like the movie? Yeah. Um, I, I, I did too. I, I would say that I'm more or less in the same... It wouldn't be, uh, I think, at least for now, because I still haven't seen all of them. I don't think I'll have seen all of them by the time Oscar has come, but I'm going to try to see at least, like, um, the two popes and one or two other things to see if I can get as many of the Oscar movies as possible. Um, it wouldn't be my first choice for, like, Best Picture, but... Sure. It's absolutely worthy of being in the conversation for it. Yeah, it's a contender. I won't be offended sure. by it winning at all. Right. Um, but I, I think for now, I, I would still take 1917 over this one. That's where uh, I'm at. That's that's exactly where I'm standing right now. Yeah. But if this one, I, I wouldn't be offend, uh, no. upset by that at all. No, um, definitely not. Legitimately good movie. Um, it really kept me, um, like enthralled. Even and it's like slow. It's like watching 12 movies because it shifts so many times. Yeah, because and not in a f- bad way. It, it it doesn't have like a, I don't think it has like an identity problem. I think it's like it. I well, feel like it works. It's incredible with those too things. because it's like there's times where it's like we're gonna go for the not the joke per se. I actually want to like, but like it's funny right now. Like it's cool. Like, like you don't have to be like super uncomfortable. Like we're like we're gonna laugh right now. Yeah. And then like immediately it goes really dark and it's like oh fuck that was that um, quickly too. Yeah, and it's like. And it doesn't feel schizophrenic in any way, shape, or form. No, no, it's a, it's very strange. Like there's like clear there's clear lines between the acts. Like it's yeah. it's very and and at that point is when it switches. Like it starts off. It does it does feel like it starts off as a. It's interesting. It's listed as a comedy, crime drama, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like if you do, if you just flip, crime and drama, that's the order of the acts. It's it's or unique thriller too, it's, but. Yeah, it's unique because, and I don't know if this is because it's not an American movie that like we're we're used to even in movies that like bend genre like we're used to kind of rules governing how certain styles of movies work right you know like dramas work across this range of like ways and comedies work across this range of ways and action movies work this didn't feel like it stuck to the conventions of any one thing mm-hmm. um 
So it kind of kept me, like it, it defied my ability to kind of accurately, like, and succinctly describe any one aspect of it. Um, and I, I found, and I, again, I think this is probably because it's not an American movie, meaning because I was reading. Like, you can appreciate the performances of some, but it is distracting when you have to read the words as opposed to just being able to hear and experience oh, yeah, them. For sure. Um, and I still, like, notice in particular uh, Kang Ho Song, uh, he was by far the best actor in the, in the movie, I thought. He was really good. Mm. Um, just because, if for nothing else, um, his facial acting, which he's the character who we most often see with like close-ups on his face, yep. um, a very expressive face with, depending on some of the the more interesting scenes. Um, but uh, it was, <laughs> I I noticed while I was making my notes for this, I was like, "Fuck!" Like this was a really good movie, and I enjoyed it. But it's hard, the way that I typically like analytically think to break down. This is what I want to talk about for a movie. Yeah. I had trouble, like, I'm going to have to rely on you, I think, teeing I, me off more than others, because I had trouble, like, putting down really concrete things I, that I want to talk about. I felt the same way, because, like, I, what I've been trying to do lately when we go through something is, like, I'll I'll spend, like, half an hour, and I will, I'll replay the movie in my head, and I will, I will take it, like... I'll take notes chronologically, like like going in like a in a refreshed state, like going which which it. which shows because that's how you tend to lead us through these things. Whereas for me, um, I'm more tied to ideas that yeah. I have, like you know, ooh, the story made me feel this, or oh, that performance made me feel that, or ooh, this which this action sequence reminded me of this, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's going to be important here because there's a lot of stuff going on. It, it, it's it was this one. I had a difficult time with this one uh, because there's there's so I feel like there's so much happening. Uh, <laughs> there's so many metaphors too, which we'll get into at some point. But like, it's that was almost, some like dead Deadpool like fourth wall breaking. Like he says it three times in the first yeah. twenty minutes of the movie. It's like pay wow, attention. So metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, and like, obviously, it resonated with both of us. Yeah. It's just, it's funny because it's like you can go, if you go through, you'll almost miss out on it by going through. It's a movie, it needs to, the movie needs to be experienced. Yeah. You need to watch it because you, it puts you, it it does weird things to your guts while you're watching it of like, and you're, you have these reactions and like you have these, it makes you think about things that maybe you haven't like really put to the forefront of your mind, but are back there. Like it's, it's it's very, it's strange. It's Oh, say it's funny what you said about the thing about like what it does to your guts because, and I, I don't want to say it until after we get past spoilers, but there was a particular anxiety that I was carrying through the middle act of the movie that was really affect not in a negative way, but it was really affecting the way I was watching the movie mm. um, because I was waiting for the twist. Like I didn't know what the twist was, but I knew that the surface level was not where this movie was going to stay the whole time. Right. And I had a sneaking suspicion it was going to be something, and it was triggering a particular level of, of type of anxiety, and then it ended up being something very different. And I wasn't disappointed that it wasn't what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, it just meant, like, I kind of actually breathed a sigh of relief yeah, yeah. to a certain extent, because I thought it was going a certain way, and it wasn't. And, and the, no, the turn that it takes is, is something. Um, uh, it's not sure. like it was necessarily a quote unquote like happier or better thing than what I was expecting. It's just very different than what yeah. I was expecting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 
at the end of the day, like we're going to get into the spoiler territory in a, in a moment. But before we do, I would say if you're if you're a fan of this show, if you're just if you just like movies like it's give give this movie the time it deserves. I think watch the movie. No distractions. You have to pay attention because you got to read like yeah. you, you got to like really watch it like because there's it's there's a there's a lot there and it's. I don't know how to like to talk about any. Of the, I I don't want to go into like any specifics before we get into the, our our spoiler area. But like it's, I I do think it is absolutely well worth your time. And it's it's funny to say that it's like, uh, I I I I watch a lot of videos and read a lot of stuff on IGN, right? And there's they're always talking about how like a seven is not a seven is good. Like that's like that's how they like that's what their seven means. And it's like it doesn't. Sometimes it's it's hard. It, it, stuff like that gets lost. Like I I think this movie is probably a seven, but well, it's I would a, give it more than that. I, I would probably give it like an eight, eight and a half. Oh, all right. So I I could I can get on board with an eight. I don't think it's any more than that. And I do think that an Oscar contender should normally be more than that. But I'm not offended that this movie is up. I think it's actually I was offended that Roma was up. Like you know what I mean? Like <laughs> like this is this is a good movie. It's yeah. a very well executed movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's maybe not the, it's, it's maybe not the thing that I am immediately interested to watch, like, right now or to rewatch, but it's, it's definitely, it's, it's, the art is there. What, what I would say is even if it wasn't 100% your cup of tea, or even if you didn't, like, once you find, like, okay, once you've gotten past the shock and awe of what's, like, the twist is, like, okay, that makes it, it makes it this or that, mm-hmm. um, there is a clarity of vision as to what the movie was intended to be, both from pure cinema and from commentary. Yeah. And it nails both of them so very flawlessly because it's so obvious what it is that it wants to be. Mm -hmm. That clarity of focus meant there wasn't any extraneous crap. There's no, like, loose threads. You don't see the seams. And from that perspective i find that to be impressive to just be able to execute on that plan so you know perfectly yeah with that uh, are you ready to dive in spoiler territory yeah here on out? all right so the the veil has been lifted we're gonna go full spoilers again don't honestly the the most important thing about seeing this movie is not knowing what is it, it's actually about so please Watch the movie before listening further. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I knew going in was that everyone said, oh, it's not going to go the way you think. <laughs> this is not going to go the way yeah. you think. To, uh, to, quote, to quote Luke Skywalker. Well, um, uh, and that's, you know what, let's start right there. Uh, again, we're in spoiler territory. So, <laughs> it was funny that you were saying earlier, like, like and, and this right now, the we're watching the movie, Kim and I, and we're like, I don't know. Uh, we're 45 minutes in. Like, I don't really exactly know where it is. I think it's about that. Uh, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm thinking they're sitting around the table. They're drinking. They're talking. They're having fun. They're laughing. They're eating. I'm well, like, first of all, first of all, you know, that family's coming back early. Oh, sure. But like, at this moment right here, I'm like, wasn't this supposed to be like a thriller? And then at, <laughs> like, I literally had that thought. Started to say it out loud, and the phone rings in the middle of the night. I'm like, oh, or the, the bell rings. No, the door. The, the doorbell door rings. rings, and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> that was creepy. Yeah, so and that's immediately is, where it switches to thriller. That was exactly what I was talking to. And so what I had, and this was 
a preconceived notion based on kind of the most cursory knowledge of him and his stuff. I thought this was going to go supernatural. I was expecting okay. like a get out us type of twist. Mm. Um, which I, at this point I was there with you. Yeah. So like when the housekeeper comes and I'm like, do not let her in the house. Cause mm-hmm. she is going to snap. Right. Yep. And also like, her face is bleeding and her face is bleeding. I'm like, that's super <laughs> suspicious as well. Cause this is going to be like a, is this going to be like a the purge type of situation? Yeah. You know, is this going to be like... Is she- uh, no clarity on that, by the way. Assumptions yeah. only. Yeah, it's funny because she basically said, like, oh, don't worry, like, I'll explain later. And then we never got that. Maybe the only loose thread in the whole movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, not that... Well, the thing is, I think implicitly, you probably can figure out what, what the deal is. Sure. That's that's uh, what I mean. Like you kind of like you have a there's a there's a firm guess, but that's literally all it is. You have no evidence I, to base I'm it a, on. We're post spoilers. Like she was either one of two things, or maybe it's the two of them together. She was either worked over by the creditors, mm-hmm. or that was my assumption. Or and or I they never made it 100 percent clear. I think she lived in the house with them, so she might literally. Oh, uh, she was like living on the street. Living on the streets and like got. Mugged. I think that's actually that. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, you know what? Jumping ahead, just a a throwaway line. The movie was over. Uh, I was doing that thing where like it's just stewing in my head for the next two hours, and I'm thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it, and then a line popped into my head of uh the husband of the Park family saying she she eats enough for two, and I went, yeah. oh my. God, that was so early compared to when we find these things out. Yeah, it's funny because when, when when he said it, I was like, there seems like there might be something to that, but if it also just it was in character with the way that they clearly set up the situation between oh, yeah. the parks and the people who work for them. So So I was like, you know what, okay, like that is kind of on brand for the way yeah, he's yeah. talked about some of these things. So maybe so I kind of just did that thing, I was like I at first I was like, should I Hold on to that. Maybe I'll just file it away. It's not that important. Right, right. Yep. Like, and like that's probably why I recalled it later. With myself. Yep. Um, but when she goes down in the basement and doesn't come up immediately, I was like 100% certain this was going to go supernatural at this point. Uh, absolutely. Some some, something wacky, something crazy dark. Yeah, and I'm, was, I'm with you because earlier I was, on. I, I was getting like, oh, sorry. I was, I was getting like keyed up to like kind of the way I felt like experiencing like some of the stuff in Annihilation where I'm like oh, I don't know what's coming but I feel like I'm not gonna like it <laughs> she ah. goes down the steps <laughs> uh, <laughs> really put the icing on the cake but uh, it's funny that you say that about the supernatural aspect because like uh, assumptions because earlier on when uh, I'm gonna so I'm gonna refer to the Park family I'm gonna say like the Park daughter or the Park son, because I, I have a hard time remembering and pronouncing the names. I know, so, K- Korean pronunciations are hard for me. So I will say, when the Parasite daughter is talking to the Park mom... <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me? Uh, the, Kim, the Kim daughter is what? talking to the Park mom. The Kim daughter is, is to the Park mom, uh, and she's telling her about, this, uh, about the Park son, and she's like, I want to have this conversation in private. I send the house, like, I, this housekeeper can't be here for this. There's a weird thing that happens in that scene. The housekeeper was previously in the basement area, came up, and the light was still on. Comes onto the screen. She says that. The park wife mom dismisses the housekeeper, who walks off the screen to the right, I believe. 
And gives him some side eye. And in that moment, there's something, there's a little bit of like shadow down in the hall where the light is, and the light goes out. Oh, I didn't notice that. And I didn't know what was happening. And I, in, in the, I still don't know. I didn't go back to watch that scene. I'm kind of curious if that light was, like, is the light going out, like, was the light actually further down and the thing was still open and, like, it closed, like, the trap door? Or, like, how, like what like what went on there? I, I just really, I was curious because there was, there was a clear hint at that point. That's what, that was the first eerie scene that I got where there's something else. Well, it's funny because, like, there. ten seconds later, they, she's, the reason she wanted the privacy, right, was to talk to the mom about the son mm-hmm. and find out what this whole, quote-unquote, trauma thing was about, right? Yeah. And, she, you know, she says, oh, you know, we can't, you know, there was, a, there was a thing that happens, and she says something about, you know, the, you know, notice the thing, you know, this is a clear sign of, of trauma, and she does, like... The screams? The jump scare yeah, of the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was almost, like, one of those, like, reacts that you see in, like, an anime, where it's like, oh, you know yeah. what the... <laughs> and I went, Jesus Christ, I'm awake! Oh my god! That, that's I why jumped I, out of my that's skin. why I said surreal because for the most part this is a super grounded realistic movie, like in the sense of just like physical, like the physical rules of the world that we're in, mm-hmm. not necessarily of like the actual story. Um, but occasionally they little moments like that glimpse, right, where of like surrealness, and that was part of the reason why I was buying into a potential for supernatural coming. Up. Not that that yeah, was yeah. a supernatural thing, but just that level of emoting, like absolutely. You know, and, and, and when you consider, I was using past history, like, The Host is a supernatural movie. Okja, uh, that, that creature is not a realistic creature, right? Like, the, he's dabbled in, on, like, at least he's dipped his toes in those waters, even if he hasn't gone full-blown sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I think The Host was. I didn't see that one. Um, so that's why I was kind of expecting that to be the case in this one, to whatever extent. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, and it, it would have, it... It probably could have been end fit. Like, he yeah. probably could have done it if he wanted to. But I liked, I liked the way that it went better. Well, it's funny. I said, I was like, I was expecting to be horrified by something like Supernatural, which got me, like, really keyed up. And then the real twist ends up hap- being probably much better because it's so grounded in realism. Um, and it's just as horrifying, right? It's just in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What a what a strange. Sorry, this movie is so strange, and but in a good way. Like it's so, it's so it it just makes my skin crawl. Yeah, because it's funny because like when it's all said and done, like well, as you're experiencing the first two thirds of the movie, say you have so many questions Mm. about what's going on, what's going to be going on, what am I missing? And then when it's all said and done, it is actually all pretty straightforward, right? I mean, it was. an unconventional take on a fairly conventional situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it does probably defy your ability to really drill down into like any sort of theorizing, right? Any theorizing is going to be more looking at the metatextual, like social commentary stuff, right? But even that's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 there, it's just, it's, and it's it's all done with pu emotions, like it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like and like yeah, and not to say that it's like, it's like simplistic in like a negative sense. It's no, just like it is what it is. Like you, you can say it, and then you're forced to engage with it on its real level. And and I think it was effective in what it did with that. But it's actually um, almost, I, I almost like you could put all this dressing on it, and you could doll it up, but it's still like the same. 
shitty underlying premise, which is like, not that the movie or the premise is shitty. Like the actual thing that's happening is shitty. Yeah. And that's a problem. And it's like, it's, it's drawing your attention to it from a different angle. It's like, it's still there. It's still there. Like, I feel like that's what the movie's doing to you. <laughs> so what I, what, I, what I ended up focusing on then when it was all said and done was the specifics of the relationships between all these characters. Because mm-hmm. um, I, what I found interesting was, especially because from a very early on, right, when, when Min, his friend, when, um, when Kevin's friend um, first tabs him with the assignment of being the tutor for um, the, the Park daughter... Um, you know, he says, oh, you know, she's simple. The, the the mother is simple. Like, she's not, she's attractive and she's simple and she's not gonna, she's gonna ask her cursory questions that she has to and then that's pretty much it. Like, I'm sure you'll be able to get through it and then you'll be able to do the job, you know? And well, going through the interview process for each of the four of them, there is so much suspicion that everyone has for each other, of each other. It's incredible, right? It's almost like a yeah. 70s like le- like era, like, spy thriller like the amount of paranoia and suspicion that's going on with all these interactions and then somehow that all belies how easily deceived they all are yeah (laughs) and at first it's just the deceiving by the kims of the parks and not really that maliciously either Mm -hmm. um at least as far as it goes from kim to park right well they they even go to the point of they just they try to justify their actions at one point, they're like, he's probably fine, right? He was well put together like, when they displaced the, the, the limo driver. Well, that's what I'm saying. The only malice, right, is in the other people who were negatively... Like, yeah. there there was no malicious intent in the direction of Kim to Park, right? Mm-hmm. They were not trying to steal from these people in the sense of, like, you know, literally robbing them. Like, yes, they're taking advantage of this situation, but they are providing a benefit back. You can argue whether it's a one-to-one ratio, mm-hmm. but they're not just robbing them blind. They're, no right. one's sticking their fingers in the cookie jar, right? It's, okay, I'm not really qualified to be your housekeeper, but your house will be clean and your food will be cooked. Right. Uh, to be very on the nose, the parasite doesn't know that it's hurting the thing that it's yeah, infected um, or uh, true. joined. And, <laughs> and that term ended up being kind of multi-leveled, right? Like, like it's not just that surface level, but yeah, you can see that it's actually even beyond that. You know, they're more adept than the average parasite because they're. You know, they're, there's one point. You know that uh, that Mr. Kim says, you know, oh, they're good people. You know, we it's nice. It's nice working for them. You know, it must be nice to have that amount of money. You can just af- just afford to be nice, right? It just makes you nicer. You yeah. don't have any of these petty bullshits. I'd be nice there. too if I had money. That that whole conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was funny because it was like. Not only have they justified their own roles, but they've justified the roles of the parks in their family. And it's they know they're taking advantage because they hatch a very elaborate con to get in there. Yeah. But like I said, you know, were this movie made in America, it probably would have been like as part of some larger scheme for them to like probably steal their whole identity. Right. Yeah. I actually for, for a minute, I kind of wondered, especially when they set up that fake call service to get the mother hired and she says oh i need copies of this and this and that i was like i was very curious about that i was thinking of you remember enemy like right where he assumes like his his place in his life right you know by the end that's what i was kind of i was like are they gonna try and like just replace them and be them 
Like, how does that work? Yeah, you know, that, cause that's, that actually, that was one thread that I didn't fully follow. Was it just that they, I, I could have just been like, and I, I chalked it up to these, this family, it's a family of con artists in the end. And I wonder if like they thought enough to do their due diligence to figure out what amount of money they can say that they're going to charge that will be like, it's the, it matches of like the most we can get without them saying no. <laughs> I feel like that's well, what like looking no, actually, at their finances. Even did. more than that, I think they wanted to impress them with the level of exclusivity. Yeah, okay. So that they wouldn't think to question cuz this any rigorous in, not even that rigorous of an interrogation of their thing, they would have been able to find out that this company didn't exist. Sure. That they're scamming them, right? And so the way by, of requesting that information and doing it in a nonchalant manner of like, oh yeah, like this is our daily business. Like you send us these things and we'll get yes, back to you. Yes. Like, <laughs> by by making the extraordinary seem ordinary, yeah. they both allay any fears that they have of getting taken advantage of and <laughs> very clever. They like you know, they they detract from any sort of scrutiny of what's going on. Like no, no, no. We don't need you. you <laughs> right. And it's like, by all means, I'll, I'll jump through every hoop you've asked for. And not only are they getting some inside information in case they need the leverage, they are also getting what they actually wanted, which was, don't ask us any questions, just hire her. You right. Know? Right. It's, it's funny. So then... Let's get into like so some of the uh, some of like the themes that are going on, and one of the things that I got out of so there's the the interesting piece of the movie is that there's the there's the third family that comes into play, mm-hmm. right? And I had read a thing about it that like uh, about the director talking about how he like was coming up like writing the movie, coming up with it, and the moment where he realized that there needs to be a third family. And it, which almost is, it, which is an interesting way to look at it because I feel like that does a, that does, it's a great thing. Like when you, from what we were talking about earlier, of like you can't really guess where this is going, and it's almost because he didn't know at the time, but he made it work, and it worked really well. Like he, the way, and I feel like it, it fit in with what he was trying to say, and it could have like there was like this X factor here that is going to push the story, and then realizing what the perfect piece to to replace x was yeah that's probably true to some extent it's funny because after the big reveal happened i was thinking back on early in the movie it seems like such a trivial detail but i kind of got caught up on it for a second like that's gonna come back to play but i didn't know how Mm. and it was when the housekeeper is giving kevin the tour and he's she says you know oh this was made by the famous architect you know not nangoon um, whatever the, the other, the, I, I know, remember that was the, the, the family name. I don't remember what his name was. And, um, you know, he, he designed the house himself and, and lived in it, you know, until he moved out and sold the house to the, the parks and this, that. And it was like, huh, that's a weird bit of information just to kind of <laughs> Trivia. throw out there. <laughs> yeah. So when the bunker is revealed, I was like, ah, that's why that's been like kind of sticking in my craw this whole time. And, I think if I was Korean, I probably would have guessed that that was coming. But because I'm not, I never really considered that. Sure, like the the wealthy having have a bunker for the worst case, their own personal. Because like, oh yeah, totally get it. Then a second notice, they're going to need to hide because of war with North Korea. Yeah, and I, I think you know, were I Korean, I would have totally guessed that that was what was going on. And instead, it's like 
that ends up being a big reveal. But I, I'm, I'm sure that it, it was affecting, you know, Korean viewers as well when they when they saw this movie because it was obviously released there first. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's, yeah, interesting. That that whole thing was, man, that bunker creeped me the hell out. That bunker yeah. gave me vibes of us and, of like, and Saw. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going. You don't know what you're getting into. Also, she's a little too far ahead of you that she's beyond the corners, so you don't know where she's lurking anymore. I'm talking about the housekeeper when she's le- basically running down the hallway, and you're like, "Where is she going?" Yeah. Like, and you want to know, but you don't want to get her too far out of your sights, but you also don't want to follow her. And they think they did a tremendous job with the camera work and that of making you feel like of of feeling that like there was almost like a uh you like running forward a few paces and then taking a step back. Uh, and then running forward a few pages and they're like, eh, I, really, I just don't want to go. What's down there? I have to know, but I don't want to go. <laughs> it was just back and forth. It's funny because that was like the mo- yeah when when she's just looking down the dark staircase and the, I was hundred like I said still hundred percent certain that this was gonna be supernatural. And then when you see her and she's I, for a second I'm like, oh my god, she's like floating. What yeah. is going on here? It's like, oh no, she's trying to push that thing. Like they figure it out. It's like okay. Now I'm starting to come back towards that maybe this is conventional. And the, the way she's running up, I wasn't actually super afraid because it seems like she's much more concerned with what's going on there. Although it still crossed my mind there's got to be some sort of creature living down there right. or something. I probably would have uh, been less creeped out if she didn't have a weird-ass smile on her face while she was doing it. Sure. Um, <laughs> but as soon as you see the guy, I was like, oh, yeah. this was clever. This was... Now, um, this was what's really interesting. And this is where I was talking. It seems like he had the beginning... He had the end, and then he he found this really intricate, perfect way to get from point A to point B, like by putting this third family in there. And there's this a kind of exploration of, that we understand. Like each of these families has their biggest problem, it seems, and yeah. they all like when you have like whatever you consider to be your biggest problem, it almost feels uh, just as people like you kind of equate it to somebody else's biggest problem. Like you, you probably emotionally anxiety wise, you don't have like you have different like faculties to work with, but you're probably experiencing a similar, like similar, like reactions, emotions, like to whatever your biggest problem. They're just, when you look at them all on paper, some of them are drastically worse than others. But sure. when you're in that moment, you don't recognize that. And I feel yeah. like there's an interesting thing there of, like, you have this very well-off family that has their issues. You have, and they think those are their biggest problems, like, the biggest problems, right? Because that's what they deal with. Then you have our core family, uh, which is the ones that are the parasites. Well, one of the parasites, I guess, that are infiltrating the Park family, the, the whole family. And their biggest thing is, like, they're living in this basement they are they have no money and they're like they're they're just trying to well they're, they're trying to cut corners in a lot of a lot of this it's they're, they're going about it the wrong way uh, the wi-fi thing at the beginning is it, pretty great yeah yeah absolutely but like so that that's their biggest problem and the, for a while these are the two that you're aware of until you enter this third family who their biggest problem is the creditors that they're running from and then you have this weird dynamic of like the Park family is aware of the um which is that what's the 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 was it Kim? Yeah. The Kim family. And like like 
they like they like the lower like a lower class fa- like well, not family but like they're aware of like that level of problems like that lower class level of problems and they kind of look down on it and they look down on it by holding their nose and waving their hand like because smell becomes a thing that's that's said over and over again and that they, was such a great scene when like things are already they're doing the thing where they're just perfectly straddling the line between like comedy and like thriller drama and it's you know it smells like mr uh <laughs> it smells oh like mr God. whatever because i forget what his 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 fake name was yeah uh, mr kim's fake name was yeah she's like what what are you talking about yeah it smells like that uh that smell what's that smell that uh that boiling that boiling, boiling uh, dirty rags or something like that dirty rags yeah. smell and he's under the table one foot away smelling his shirt they, and he's sniffing his own oh, shirt God. and it's like I'm busting out, like, because there's there's really only maybe one or two, like, actual jokes in this movie, but there's so much good banter and so much clever writing in the script that yeah. I was laugh out loud, especially before the shit hits the fan, right? Like, yeah. There's some, like, funny things. That that whole sequence when um, when Jessica leaves the, the panties in the back of the car, yep. and then uh, Mr. Park finds the the panties and then he comes in and I was expecting him to accuse the wife of cheating on him with the driver. Oh really? Because, you know, you're getting that sense of that dynamic, right, where she's very subservient to him, which is its whole own stereotype, right? But, you know, you're not really concerned with the stereotype when it's all Korean actors and Korean director and writer who are making the movie, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, I was like, oh, yeah, he, he makes all the money, she stays at home, but also she doesn't do anything. Like, she's not the homemaker. She has a housekeeper to be the homemaker. So, like, where what does she exist for other than to be the arm candy wife thing? Yeah. And he comes in, and you start to see, this is the first time you actually see any sort of relationship between the two of them, where it's, honey, you want to hear this joke? The driver's fucking someone in my car. And... This like the slut left the panties behind, and you know, and realizing as the as the two of them are putting different pieces of this puzzle together, where she oh you know again does the very like yeah. stereotypical you know thing, and then she gets the plastic glove on her That's hand ridiculous. to touch to touch the panties, and she's using like tongs to like move them around, uh-huh. and the, the two of them are talking, and, and he you know, it is none of our business what the uh, young man does on his spare time, uh, any of his perversions, this and that, you know, it's. In a sexual life, that's his. But in my, you know, does he? Can he not afford a hotel? Yeah. <laughs> Let's say he can't afford a hotel. In my car. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say it's in my car. Could he not do it in the front where he does? He had to invade. He had to cross right, the line space. and come into my space in the car. And then an earring, a necklace, sure. Panties, the panties, <laughs> and, she, and, you know, and, and, and they have this banter going on between the two of them, and it's like you feel bad because this guy's getting railroaded and he doesn't even know it. Uh-huh. But on the other hand, this interplay between the two of them is great, and then you see Jessica's overhearing it, listening, and she walks in, and they try to act, and because she, she chooses, this is the most fraught moment for me to come in and spring on them this trap that they don't realize that they're in to get my father hired, and it's. She goes and she like flings the panties in like yep. panic, and then I don't I see I forget exactly what happened. I don't remember if it was in that moment or if Jessica says something or if someone says something. She grabs her face yep. with the glove 
and I lost it. <laughs> that was really, that was really fun. And then immediately reacts to it, which is really good. Yeah, yeah. Then again, you know, and she reacts big, and <laughs> Jessica knows why, but Mrs. Park doesn't want Jessica to know what's going on, so she tries to cover it up. Yeah, <laughs> which turns into this whole like, this whole like, it's this whole comedy routine that was really incredibly well written into the seams of this. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it fits what's going on later in the movie, but totally fits in that moment. Absolutely. There's, there's two things that, you, that, that I want to circle back on. The first is uh, you were talking about uh, the, the, par- the, the wife of the parks. Uh, she, like, you know, she's, we, we don't really know much about like what she does day to day. One of the things that was interesting, there's that scene where we first meet her and like they show the camera outside the housekeeper goes to wake, wake her up. She's like, she almost looks passed out at she a ta- at a table. And she, but that part of the story never really gets clarified. And I wasn't okay. sure. Was like, is she wiped out from dealing with the sun? No, I was just say we'll, we'll we'll call it two loose ends. But I I assume there's a she's abusing like something. Okay. Storyline there, yeah. Okay. Especially, well, it's weird because, and I'm probably speaking slightly out of turn. Um, I don't think that they have the same culture with prescription drugs there that we do here, mm-hmm. but I'm not 100% sure about that. Okay. What I do know, and you can glean that from the conversation they have about drugs with the driver, um, drugs, like illicit drugs are a big no-no in Korean culture. I know that for a fact because when I was in high school, I had a friend who was an exchange student from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and he told us the whole deal because he had gotten thrown out of a private school in our town for getting caught with weed. Um, so it was something that was like, it was something that he explained to us. He's like, yeah, it's weird. Cause like, I know it's not a big deal for you guys here. Obviously it's a big deal for the private school, but back home, super big deal. Right. <laughs> so it was like, that is some bit of inner knowledge that I have on that. So, yeah, movie. there's probably something to that, and that that also that might be more I- implicit. Again, like a similar to the bunker thing, it might have been something that I would have picked up on if I'm more culturally aware of yeah. of how things are, uh, because with, they, they seem to her- have the means to probably even brush it under the rug if they needed to. Sure. Uh, the thing was though, when when she's passed out there, and now this is me bringing my American sensibilities to it. I'm like, okay, rich husband, wife is drugged up, she's passed out. Like, but that's the last time they. Yeah. Tackle that. So I, I wondered if I misread that or as I was considering later, I was like, okay, I don't even know if that's a thing in Korean culture as opposed to America. Although you can see the influences, you know, in modern tech with modern technology and modern wealth where some of the things that maybe wouldn't have been part of their culture have now bled over from our culture to them because it's implicitly and explicitly put there with some things like when they send the kid out in the rain with his little teepee tent and she says he says is that is that gonna stop the rain and she says we bought it from america i'm sure it's fine yeah and you can see then like that that culture bleed is there to some extent i'm not sure what right but they're still the basis of their own korean culture is much more important and it's the things that we don't understand because we're not a part of it Mm mm-hmm so that was that was one of the things I wanted to circle back. The other was back to this whole idea of the, the three families and like looking down at each other. So like at each at every moment, there each family is doing like one of two things. They're like judging the person, they're judging the people above them, while also poo pooing the people below them. 
who who they and that that was that's just an interesting thing that that humans do um a shitty thing that humans do all the time every day you and me everywhere <laughs> like and like the and it, it's it's easiest to see within within the kim family of like the father is like 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 he there's a lot of jealousy towards the park family right obviously like they want that uh, they don't seem to want to actually put the honest work in to get to that. They just want to be there because they're like, why does that person have that? And I don't get to have that. Like, what's so different between you and I? But at the same time, you got in with these loan sharks and you're sitting here eating a banana that your wife had to smuggle for you. Like, you're dirt. Like, that, like he had, like, that weird, like, it's all wrapped up in that. Well, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny because the judgment was there on all of their parts for sure like you said but i never viewed it as malicious where it was like because i felt like there was understanding it wasn't like an accusatory sort of judgment it's oh you're less than me but it's not your fault it's just your lot in life mm-hmm. the same thing i actually didn't feel the same level of Envy in like the sense of like the you know the green monster type of envy right where it's I want the Kims are like I want what the Parks have, mm-hmm. but actually I never got the sense of why do they deserve it and I don't hmm. that aspect of it right where I only got that out of their actions of trying to trying to just have it like think almost like I feel like there's a certain level of like I deserve this in in just being a con artist. Yeah, well, but what I'm saying is because, like, consider when they're there in the house, right? Like, and like I said, my sensibility said I assumed they were going to try and take the house from mm-hmm. them. And there's the very clear, both from what they say and do, and you just, you can see the envy in their eyes, right? They want the thing, but it never feels like they're going to try and take the thing mm-hmm. from the parks. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's like, they just wanted to be able to like create a copy of it and just make a whole nother one. Yeah, next door so yeah. They could live there. Like it was never. It never struck me as fuck you. You don't deserve this. And now we're gonna take it from you. And you're we're gonna switch spots. And you're gonna live the way we lived. It was just like, huh? They got. They're better. They're better than us. I wish we could be that. Mm-hmm. And we'll enjoy it for this one night. And then it is what it is. We'll go back to work tomorrow. And you know, what I mean, like uh, that resentment wasn't there until they're shown that their own preconceptions aren't necessarily shared. Where Remember, they're saying, oh, they're good people. They're, they treat us well. Oh, yeah, they always treat us well when we're at work. And, yeah. this and, that. and they overhear the conversations, you know. And at first, it actually starts out not too bad because it seems like it's going to be really rough when, when Mr. Park is talking about Mr. Kim with Mr. Kim hiding under the table yeah. right there, right? And he's saying... Now, remind oh, me, was that pre or post nipple sex? Uh, right before. <laughs> <laughs> So awkward. <laughs> yes. Um, but also pretty great, too, when you're just watching the three of them with the table, like, one inch from their yeah. face. Like, God damn it. <laughs> like, just think of the whole weight of the world in them right now. Those people are hiding under the... They, they had to subdue and hide those people under. They almost had their lie exposed. They're all hiding here because these people aren't supposed to be back. And now we have to listen to them fuck right next to us while we're trying to escape... Um, but yeah, he, you know, cause he was talking about, 
the, the you know the smell and this and you know he says you know Mister well I forget yeah again I forget what it was that he called him because his like assumed name mm-hmm. but I'm gonna call him Mister Kim because that's who they were talking yeah you know, Mister Kim I'm always concerned that he's going to cross the line in fact it seems like he walks right up to the line every day but he never crosses it mm-hmm. and I like that yeah I respect it and for a minute I was like oh that was actually kind of nice <laughs> you know and, and he, you know Mister Kim kind of did too he goes. And then he ruins it by, but the smell. Yeah. You know? And it's like, and you can see like that really crushed him. He's like, oh, I smell. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and like, I'm always going to smell. But it, it's the, the, that whole smell thing and being like the, the link that eventually makes Mr. Kim snap is, is, is kind of. It, well, you, you know, between what, what they're pushed to, those yeah. they're pushed to the breaking point. Yeah. And it's, can we just have a day? To con oh no we can't because our basement apartment is getting flooded with literal shit water. Yeah. Okay, can we just sleep for like an hour in this and we're gonna gotta go back on our fucking one day off of the week to deal with your son's shitty little party. Uh-huh. And now I'm gonna dress up like a fucking Indian too. Yeah. Fuck this shit. Well, oh, and now both both my kids just got murdered in front of me. I'm done. But I think what part of it was also the. Uh, it, it, I think it's. <laughs> Yes, the kids thing got to him. Obviously, his daughter getting stabbed and him, his son being carried out, presumably dead at that point. But I think the the thing that actually makes him snap is he looked. I feel like he, uh, Mr. Kim looked down on the other family with the loan sharks, and when Mr. Park rolls the guy over, basically like push like it's almost like like with a with a single finger is like pushing him over so that he can get the keys from under him while holding his nose with yes. that's when when he related him to somebody that Mr. Kim felt was beneath him that that's actually the moment where he yes that is the literal moment but it was all very yeah it's all built up but it's like that, that. It, it's just a, it's a like that there's that pressure had been building that whole time and it was pressure that it's there, but you're also you're giving it a lot more weight because of your own perceptions of your own status. Uh, it was, it's just it's very it's a it's a very interesting thing to explore. Yeah, but uh, that that that's not, oh my god that that whole that scene at the end was very much the elevator in the departed. Like I didn't know what was going on, <laughs> and as it was happening, I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like mayhem, and they're like like slowing it down and speeding it up to real speed, and then slowing it down. And it's like it's very jarring, which it's supposed to be because yeah. people are getting like butchered in like a little ten year old's birthday or whatever um, by this mystery man who's covered in blood. Um, but I, um, it's <laughs> it's funny. Oh shit! I already I just. Oh, did you ever read the book? I read it in high school. Did you read the book The Stranger? Oh yeah. Okay, I hated that book so much. That was one of... It may have been the only book I read in high school that I literally, like, just clear hated. <laughs> because I felt like it wasted my time. Yeah, we're, like, on, I just we're on different wavelengths with that book. Oh, yeah? That's the book that got me into reading in high school. Uh, <laughs> I f- but at the end, the when when he shoots the... Was it an, an, an what do they call him? Was he the Arab? Whatever. Yeah. When, when when he shoots the Arab, that actually I viewed it as very similar to what happened to Mr. Kim right there. Mm-hmm. The difference is that level of pure nihilistic fuck it that resulted in him killing someone felt so absolutely earned 
for Mr. Kim in a way that I never felt it was for The Stranger. It, yeah, well, in The Stranger, it was, well, we won't, we won't deep dive in The Stranger, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, like, he, he had a lot of reasons to do it. The, uh, the, in The Stranger, it's more of the, I want to have a cigarette right now. <laughs> like that was like his first like that was him killing the guy yeah but like no <laughs> <I know. laughs> um yeah no you're right like it's like it's not excusable but you can see the path of how he got there and yes why but both of them are so jaded and so fuck everything right now i'm just gonna do the thing i want to do uh-huh. and damn the consequences right mm-hmm. um what I, f- I felt like Kim earned that in a way that I don't remember what the protagonist of The Stranger's name was, but um, in a way that I never felt he did. He just was disaffected yeah. for no real reason. There was no real, you know, it's just super angsty. Well, and, and to- it's you can see that because, uh, again, we, we, we watched his daughter basically get killed and he was trying to save her and she's getting hurt more by it. Uh, his son carried out. All of that builds up. Again, we said that the, the point where he actually does snap was the the smelly face and then, yeah. right? So I'm what I'm curious is, because it almost seems like it, it was building, it was slightly building towards uh, some sort of altercation before that happens. Like he's yes. getting, right? So Yeah, because he, he's getting an attitude when he's getting in, yeah. when he's in the bushes, getting ready to go. And he repeats the line about because you love your wife. Mm-hmm. And that's when... Park first, you know, here, you know, it's like, you know, you're, we're paying you and stuff. Like, yeah. like he finally gets that he's not just like in a mood that like he's feeling a certain sort of way about what's going on. Uh-huh. And then, you know, she gets stabbed. He's, and, and uh, this is what, uh, what I was thinking. I was like, so at this moment, the Parks don't know the Kims are all related. Right. Now, if you understand that it's a father helping his daughter, you could totally understand his reaction. But even if you don't know that, they're like their coworkers, their colleagues, and even if they weren't, there's a person who's bleeding out to death, mm-hmm. who's just been brutally stabbed. Is your son? Listen, I know he's your son, so he's more important. Is he really that much more important? Mm-hmm. Like it's human life to human life, mm-hmm. right? That you need to tell him to drop everything while she is literally dying. Yeah. Like your son might be dying, and she's definitely dying. Yeah. And. Totally understand your need to go get a car. How many other people there could have helped them get... Mm-hmm. They Other people parked in the garage. Remember, that ends up being a whole plot thing. Yep. There's a car right there. Someone else could drive some. But And the garage was open. Key. And the garage was open. And when, But when he finally comes out to throw the keys, it's like, okay. So he finally got there. And then he, he gives him the keys. And he falls on it. And yeah. All of these things have led up to him. The, he feels like he's been downtrodden. All the shit he's had to been put through actual shit that you're shown he's being put mm-hmm. through then it's daughter gets stabbed then it's he's being a fuckhead about this and also is that my son over there too who's bleeding from his head yeah not not great and then it's the final indignity of grabbing the keys and holding your nose it's like you know what motherfucker i've had it up to here yeah well here it comes what i'm curious about is and, and that almost and when you put it that way you you look at him and you're like, while it's not the right thing, you get how he got there, and that was why I I drew the comparison yeah. to the to the stranger because neither of them did the right thing, of course. But do you think 
he would have got there if it wasn't his kids in that moment yes. with that frenzy? And would then would you have felt more like it was the stranger? No. Okay. Because that's the whole point is what I was like talking about the logical hoops that I'm going through. Mm. It's still we all the other stuff is there. The other buildup is we there. We know it's his daughter. Yeah. But Park doesn't. Mm-hmm. Let's make it look like what Park thinks it is. Mm-hmm. It's his colleague. So what you're telling Kim in that moment is the people who work for me don't matter to me. Right. In any way, shape, or right. form. Go get me the car. <laughs> go, go get the car. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, that scene is intense at the end. Hey, you know what's an intense scene? Uh, the hand twitch. Can we talk about the hand twitch? Oh, yeah. That was... That got, ooh, that got me. Well, because when he's walking down the stairs with the rock, I'm like, you are such an idiot. You're hung up on this fucking rock. Mm-hmm. You're hung up on this fucking family. Not to say that they shouldn't have their humanity with it, but like, this is not the time and place to be dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Alone. Was no he less. going was he going to crush them with the rock? Is that what was happening there? No, he was going to give them the rock. Give them the rock? It wasn't clear because to me what was going on there. Min gave them the rock, and it's a little you know, oh, it's a you know, a folktale thing. And then all of their dreams come true. Uh, okay, until that's right. Things turn and it's like, oh, things aren't so happy go lucky, and they realize the rock has done for us what we needed, and we've now displace this other family to move it in on. our own hubris. Let me give them the rock so that it will work for them the same way it did for okay. us. We have enough now. So uh, it was actually the only good thing anyone tried to do for anyone in the movie, and he got his head stoved in for it. Yeah, yeah. I almost it, it almost seemed like he was. It almost seemed like a penalty for like acknowledging his mistakes and then having to pay a little bit of a price and then he eventually is is fine except for uh involuntary laughter well if we're gonna buy into the whole karma aspect that the rock seemed to be implying it's probably betraying the trust of men and trying to steal his girl uh-huh yeah there's a lot going yeah. on with the rock Yes. Yeah. It almost seems like he's uh he's trying to release the weight that's tied to his ankle. That is his the 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 style of poor decisions that his family makes that he has to realize he has to cut and make his own decisions and do things the right way, which you almost think he gets to as he's writing that letter. Uh and then you're like, "Did he get it? And is he severing the ties or is he Sisyphus? Like what is going on with the rock?" <laughs> There's so many <laughs> There's so many or, things. Or, or wait, is he Sisyphus? In a great statement. <laughs> uh, it, there's a, there's just there's so much there's just so much there. There's so much to all of this. It's uh, it. Well, uh, to to put a more you know specific word on the so much to be there. Uh, what I found curious about this movie is until the end, those last twenty minutes or so mm. or whatever. Uh, actually, maybe even go a little bit further back if you want, but still. Um, it was really hard for most of this movie to say anyone was really the villain, or even any faction was the villain, right? Like, yeah. Because these, and part of it is just they're the they're, they're all in some degree victims of circumstance. Well, they're all they all feel real. Yeah. Um, and even like the worst of them are likable enough, right? Like, uh-huh. The daughter is 
Hey, I, I will draw the line though on Overactor in the basement because for whatever reason he like and it, it it had nothing to do with the character writing. It was the it was the act. It just bothered the hell out of me. The, um, I, yes, I wasn't talking about them though. I was talking about the four parks in the. Oh yeah, games. no, I know. Um, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking that what line got me. I like because I, I started laughing. And it's I shouldn't be laughing at that stand. Like we talked about, like they could jump quickly between like, like funny and dark. But in the middle of the whole shit going down in the garden party, when the guy in the basement sees Mister Park and he says, you know, Mister Park, and he just screams at him, respect. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. I started dying laughing, both because it like I was like. I thought he was being sarcastic. No. Nah. And he was being sincere. Yeah, he like, he like in the basement. He brainwashed he himself he being down there. Yeah, like he had he self-inflicted Stockholm yeah. syndrome. <laughs> um well I think about it though, in a perverse way, like I would have assumed he was resentful of, of the parks, right? But no, actually, when you consider it, he has he should have nothing but gratitude mm-hmm. to Park. Because it's not like the parks like trapped him down there. Right. They had no idea he's down there. He knows that he's a parasite on them. He knows that he is alive by the grace of right. their income. He's living the life, really, on their <laughs> backs. There's, if anyone should have any issue, it should be parked to him and not him to park. Right. So, but I still, but for a moment, you know, again, and I think this maybe is one of those cross-cultural things, like, I assumed he would feel resentful of him as well, just like you did, because, like, he has everything you want. I'm hiding in these fucking basement, right? Yeah. Uh, but when he just screams respect, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, he's like 100% sincere he's about like, it, because yeah. he's going on a killing rampage, and I assumed he was just going to start damning him too, and it's like, no, thank you, actually. Yeah. And I was like, huh. And then he's just like, do, do I know you? <laughs> There's, this guy, This speaking of Psycho in the basement, turning on the lights as Mr. Park is walking up the stairs every day, at first off, I was like, if you're Mr. Kim, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> right, that's one. And then two, do you not think something's wrong with the wiring in your house? <laughs> yeah, no, what, what's her name actually said? Mrs. Park actually said something about it. Yeah. What, but every when, day when at the same there, time, the lights turn on while he's walking up the stairs? What? Every day at the same time, the lights turn on while he's walking up the stairs? Yes, that was all point. He knew his schedule. I know, but I'm saying... I know, I know, but you have to, like, yes, she says something about the lights, but it works exactly the same every day. There's no timer. Are they so out yeah, of no, touch with their they, own stuff that they don't even know that they don't have a timer set? No, he thought that there was a sensor. She thought there was a sensor. And then when he's out of sorts and he misses the timing when what's-his-name walks in and the lights are going out of order, mm. she says, huh, I guess we have to get the sensors checked. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which was supposed to help reinforce how much of a ditch she was, yeah. right? Like, yeah, that's true. When he when he's turned the lights, I think it, it I think it was Mister Kim. I don't think it was Kevin. Whoever was downstairs witnessing him turn the lights on is like, okay, crazy. Yeah, it was Mister Kim when he locked himself down there while the kids were hiding under the table and under the bed before he snuck back up later. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, how about that scene with the kick? Where Mrs. Oh yeah, when she kicks that was another the one housekeeper. In the- Ooh. Yeah, 
in the moment, I both laughed and was like, oh, no. Yeah, what happened like, like, oh, this just escalated to a degree it did not need to. <laughs> well, it was just like kind of how surreal, how nonchalant she just kicks her down the stairs. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you hear that thud when she smacks her head. I was like, oh, mm. fuck. I was like, she did. <laughs> yeah. Not, not in that you know, moment, but soon. It's what's that? Oh yeah. But, well, the point was, even if she's not dead right that second, she's gonna be. Yep. Because there's no way you're just walking away from that. Um, I did find, in general, like like I mentioned earlier, there like not being any real jokes, but like there was some one-offs and some dry humor, and the way they stage things really displays like ironic situations, like you know. Yeah. Um, but just through like script and editing stuff, but because the humor was mostly. Not particularly slapstick, with the exception of that panty scene. And just the way... It's like that banter and like just like relationships and stuff. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Edgar Wright, actually, mm-hmm. a little bit. Like some of his stuff, like like the Three Cornettos, the way some of those jokes rip off. Where it's like, just in a vacuum, that wouldn't be super funny. But just in the context of their banter and just how tightly that line is written. It's like, it's so much funnier than it should be. Yeah. I got some of that vibe in this. Um... Also, just like that hustle bustle, like when they're frantically cleaning up, you know, when it's, uh, oh, uh, and how long will you be? Uh, about eight minutes. And yeah, you know, it's sweep everything yeah. under the table. Let me run upstairs and stick the, the diary under the, the thing. You know, he's dragging them down the stairs, you know. You know? <laughs> and, and she's frantically. Co- also, I don't know why it, it cracked me up, you know. She hangs up the phone. What the fuck is rammed on? <laughs> <laughs> Those noodles. I have a note here that says those noodles looked really good. They did. Look I really good. like. I, I the every other day I was like, I kind of want. I want those. I don't know how to. I don't know. I don't forgot what they were called. I don't know where I can get them. I want those. <laughs> well, I just told you what they're oh, called. Yeah. So hopefully you can find a recipe. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to find them. Um, uh, the the one other thing that I found interesting about this movie was, um, I f- thought that the chemistry between the Kim family, just like their, just their family was really incredible, like, specifically how it unfolds over the course of the movie, because when it first started, I knew, the only thing I knew about the movie was that the four of them infiltrate this house and act like they don't know each other. That's all I knew about before I got to it. Um, and when it first started, I wondered if I had it slightly off, because when they're first in that house, I actually didn't think they were related at all. Mm. I wondered if they were already, like, just four people who were dirt poor, who, like... Oh, it's have met each other over the years and like work together, kind of. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The way they ultimately end up being, to a certain extent, um, because like they didn't really seem that close. But then like their shared deception and like the as they start to have success, they kind of grow inseparable on screen, and which kind of makes the, like their inevitable downfall really like resonate because mm-hmm. like that scene where like they feel like they've made it, not like we're rich, right? But it was like. We get to just sit back and relax for a day. We get to pretend we're kings. And we know that we're all good at our jobs. We all have our respective marks like wrapped around our fingers. <laughs> and we're making money. Legitimate money for the first time in like ever. Like in a couple of months, we're not going to have this house. But we're not going to be living below the level of like the street anymore. Right. We could have a normal shitty apartment instead of a underground shitty apartment. Mm-hmm. And with a ceiling, mo- with a ceiling toilet. Yeah, with a ceiling toilet and a guy pissing outside our window every day. Like, 
Um, there's just like I don't know, like, and for a minute it looks like it's gonna completely unravel, right? Because they're like getting drunk, and I thought he was gonna deck his wife, like just punch her in the face at one point. I was like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. I was like, this got really dark really fast. Where the hell did that come from? There's never been any sign of abuse between all of them, and then he just turns and starts laughing. I got you guys, didn't I? I was like, oh, this is... That could have been dark for a second. I was like, but this is actually kind of sweet how, like, close they are. And it felt like literally them achieving their success together was what actually brought them together. Uh More than it was in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's true. What a a wild ride. (laughs) This whole movie. So bizarre. It's good. It's good. I'm, uh... I'm glad. I'm glad it's in the spotlight. I think it's. I think it's worth. I, I think people should see it. I think just moviegoers should see it. It's just different. It's difficult to. Oh, it's yeah, difficult absolutely. to get your hands on now. I actually think it's available now to buy. Which yeah, is good. I, I know people like a few months ago when it came out were able to, to watch. I th- I think it actually had some release around. I just don't, yeah. I, just, I don't know how wide the release was. Yeah, it may not have been a full wide release in in the U.S., but uh, like it was in theaters, I think. Yeah. Right. Any other any other thoughts? No, I think that's good for me for now. Yeah. Cool. Well, that's all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Al Bielsi. Thanks for coming out.